Thank you for downloading the Flixsters podcast. On this week's episode, apparently there's a there's a masturbation scene in this in this movie which is supposed to be like unreal. It follows for me is a modern masterpiece. It is a modern masterpiece of cinematic is is a bit special this one and it's, it's still to this day like when i think when i think about it it's this is creepy as hell man this film for me is one of the greatest sci-fi films i mean i just wasn't expecting this movie man it was just like the music the the, the direction the kind of the tone of the whole movie like where are they taking this movie before 2020s even started i reckon tw- tenet is going to be one of the highlights of the year christopher nolan yeah he doesn't do shit films name me one shit film he's done Hello, 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 and welcome to 2019's Showcase Podcast, Film Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Flixsters, and we are bringing you our last ever podcast of 2019. So um, I know that I said episode number 73 was going to be our last one, but you know what? The thing is, right, we were working tirelessly over Christmas, over Boxing Day, and now on the 27th of December so that we can bring you our final podcast of the year, folks. We are going to be bringing you some movie news, but also to end the year off and end the whole podcast series off, for this year, we're going to be speaking about movies that we've watched over the last 10 years, uh, the movies that we think are really great, movies that we think that you should go out and watch. And we're just going to basically talk a bit about those movies. And we hope you enjoy what you're about to hear because we've painstakingly, we've poured over these movies, we've ummed and ahed, and we've debated, we've, we've kind of argued over all these movies right Deval and um oh my god yeah, here it me. goes oh it's, it's, a hard, show, it's, it's a hard list to get to get to, to put together but hopefully we've done it justice and well oh, yeah let, let's just get on with the show anyway let's get on with the show let's get on with the show oh okay so, so first things first let's do our last shout outs for 2019 and Deval who are we shouting out yeah, so we've got some shout outs. Uh, so uh, how do I sound, by the way? I've got, I've got a new microphone, everyone. <laughs> Crystal clear. I can hear I can hear the munching like in HD quality now, Devaldo. <laughs> you can hear everything in the background, all the little naughtiness like up to you. are going to hear. I know. I know. I'll try and be good. But I'll you're try sounding brilliant. Is it? I love it. But uh, yeah, so shout outs go to Abby Fab. Abby Fab was on the show last week, Abby. Another word. <laughs> he was in the show last <laughs> week in the Star Wars special. And uh, again, he was on our Instagram, uh, shout on us out, uh, responding to posts that we put out. And I think the post that he responded to was one for, it was one for uh, the, was it, for, was it, for, it was for a movie, wasn't it? It was for the movie... Uh, yeah, it was for disappointing movies for the year. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, you were asking for uh, good movies. And he was like, no, 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 no. flip it round. Let's talk about shit movies. <laughs> so he mentioned replica and something else, but but yeah, he's always you know all throughout the year. Just want to give a big shout out to Abby because he's always been responding to uh, our Instagrams and so on and Facebooks. Also, shout out goes to Emmanuel, who all throughout the years always always shouting out on our Instagram yeah. and Facebooks and personal WhatsApp as well. He's always listening to the show literally every single week. So big shout out to 
uh, to those Big who shout also shout out to the Stefania. Oh man. <laughs> yes, we're going personal now. So, Por favor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yes, big shout out to the Stephania. Uh and uh she's always always listening to the show, shouting us out on Facebook. She likes Facebook, so she's always Oh yes, she like, does, man. Always <laughs> always liking our pictures and so on and stuff and stuff like that. Uh and big shout out goes to all our other listeners who constantly listen constantly listen to the show and make us who we are. You are the Flicksters. Uh, another shout out goes to Geekly Gods, who recently joined us, is following us, and actually uh, liked one of our uh, Instagram posts uh, regarding Star Wars, I think it was. Uh, another shout out goes to a new listener, uh, N- Natalie24, uh, who's actually a friend of mine, and she's a new listener and new follower to the show. And also, we've got another new follower who literally just a few hours ago decided to follow us, and that is Anita. So, Anita, oh, welcome wicked. to the party, pal. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. And if you can tell us which movie that's from, you know what? Uh, uh, that's double points for you. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. All right. Okay. So that's brilliant. I love the shout outs. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, folks, let's give you some movie news. All right. So um, <laughs> this is, this is like, okay. So last week we spoke about Star Wars and we spoke about Star Wars for a really, really long time. Okay. And yeah. if you haven't seen Star Wars, The Rise of a Skywalker, you know, go check out the movie, you know, if, and let us know if it's a befitting conclusion to 40 years of, of, of a franchise. All right. Okay. So now let's speak about something related to that which is a bit sad because i read an article about this development and i'm so glad that you know you brought this up but check this out so in the movie the character rose i devout now you're gonna have to help me out of it who is who's the actor who plays rose oh she's uh i think she's chinese but she's the uh the one that uh was in the last sorry yeah the last jedi she's the one that kind of had that relationship with finn Yes. You know, I think she's Chinese, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, she's uh, that character. She was like, I think her sister died in The Last Jedi, like released in the bonds. And then she had a relationship with Finn. They went to that casino place to try and get the, you know, the person that can uh, help them. And then you've even forgotten who she is because she was hardly in this one. Literally, <laughs> the build-up uh, build and the, the background that we've actually just did on her is longer than her appearance <laughs> in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Kelly, by the way, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, that's what her name is. So the actor's name is Kelly Marie Tran. And, and it'll take you longer right to say her name than what she is. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so how long was she in the, the, the movie, the last movie? She was in the film for 76 seconds. That's a minute oh, and man. 16 seconds that she was in the whole film. All her screen time. That is just crazy. After she was like meant to be one of the sort of, you know, new emerging characters in the second film, in this film, that just goes to show that the direction of the movies changed dramatically, dramatically. Right. So, so what, so what do you reckon? So they watched Rian Johnson's version and they said, oh, great, brilliant. So anyone can be, you know, it's force sensitive and, you know, there could be anyone out there in the, in the galaxy with, you know, the power of the force. We'll just scrap that. Yeah, they just, yeah, they just wrote her out. <laughs> they, scrapped, yeah. they, they scrapped a lot of things, but I think they wrote her out. I'm pretty sure she was meant to be in the film for a lot longer. Uh, and even the the new sort of semi-love interest of Finn, you know, the the black girl towards the end. Yeah, uh, yeah Janet, yeah. no. Uh, I went to that 
planet with the with, with the the, with with, the Death Star, yeah, yeah, and all the water, the waves were too high. She is yeah. like, obviously, her background is similar to Finn's. Uh, she used to be a stormtrooper. She, you know, yes. def- she she left the order, and then she wanted to obviously have her own life and her own mind. Finn can relate to that. She's also a sister. He's thinking, mm-hmm, I see that back off. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. also, <laughs> now they're saying that that character is meant to be linked to Lando, Lando, yeah, Lando Calrissian. Oh, shit. I think there's been some bits cut out to show that the, well, the parts that were cut out were going to show that she is his daughter. Oh. Uh, uh, that kind of moment, you know, because, Bombshell. Uh, oh shit. Yeah. Because uh, there's a, there's a bit at the ending where she says, I don't even, I don't even know who I am. And he's like, Oh, let's find <laughs> out. And it let's goes to like together. You know, yeah. the age that she is, he would have had her when he was, you know, doing his gallivanting, being an administrator <laughs> of the, of the different facilities that he went to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Different facilities, so, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Look, we've spoken more about Rose than than the time that she got in the movie. So yeah, exactly. shameful, shameful. Shame on you, JJ Abrahams. Right, okay, all right. Now um we over the over this past year we have spoken a lot, a lot, a lot about Marvel and about Disney and about the movies that they've been churning out. So it's fair to say that there's a correlation between the number of movies that Disney pumps out uh, and in terms of box office, right? So, Deval, you know, what, what do you think? What's the correlation between Disney and box office? Oh, the correlation, I mean, Disney has owned the box office. This yeah, has been yeah. the decade of Disney. Uh, and the box office, basically, the, stat, the stats show that 80% of the top grossing movie so we're not saying of all movies we're saying 80 percent of the movies that grossed the most were disney movies in one way shape or form whether that's marvel whether that's star wars whether that's obviously like you know the pixar kind of stuff and all that you know the animation we got aladdin we had uh lion king obviously endgame and all that you know captain marvel all of that was Captain Marvel last year or this year? It was this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was this year. It yeah, was this year, I mean, all all that money, all the top films, 80% of them were Disney. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Disney are owning it. They're almost monopolizing it. And now they've got Fox. So think of all the other movies that are going to come out. Avatar comes out 2021. Oh man! Uh, so. Yeah, and and the news and the news with Avatar is that James Ga- uh, J- uh, James Cameron he's gunning. He what he reckons that Avatar is going to take the top spot once again. I think he's deluded. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I don't happen. know, man. I, I, you know what? It's parts three or four. I'm not even, I, I don't, I'm not excited to be honest with you about that Avatar. Mm. It'll be a lot of, if, if the trailer's really good, it's going to get people in there. Whether they see it again, sure. Sure. That's, that's, that's the proof in the pudding. Whether you want seconds, if you want second helpings, yeah. that's where it's going to come up top. But, if people just see it once and they think, oh, that was, that was, you know, whatever, then that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And me, and in terms of kind of like, you know, Disney having a brilliant, brilliant year, you can't get better than being, all right, having 80% of, of, you know, the top grocers being a Disney movie. But also on top of that, they launched a streaming service Frig in hell, guys, right? Listen, they launched a streaming service so on top of all the different products that are out there. They also 
want to be like the number one in your home as well. So Deval, what's going on with Disney Plus? What, what do they achieve? So by the end of the year, what what's going on? Oh man, Disney Plus, uh, as we all know, the streaming service launched on the 12th of November, 2019 in the US, in Australia, in Holland and in New Zealand. So yeah, in some, apart from the US and obviously Australia and New Zealand, Holland, not sure what's going on with that, but yeah. uh, the uptake was magnificent. In the first five days alone, they achieved 15 million subscribers. If you break that down Whoa. day by day, that's 3 million subscribers per day. And if you want to break that down even further, in a 24 hour period, you know, 3 million, we're talking, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> you laugh, but... in the stats. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it's true. Three, three million. Stat into, man. Into Come on. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, like... it's true. <laughs> Is it like uh, 80,000 per... That's per... like how many subscribers we get to the Flixers. <laughs> it's stupid, but it's, it, it is, and that, that's just growing. I mean, that's in the first five days. That was two months ago, almost. So... Disney yeah. Plus and yeah. more more content going on there and get coming off Netflix and coming off Amazon, people are going to be ushered towards Disney Plus. And for the money it is as well, yeah. it's quite it's quite worth it. You get quite a lot. You get also Discovery, you get on there as well. So it could be right. the way forward for a lot of people. A yeah, lot, and, lot of people. and let's not... F- yeah, and let's not forget, folks, like there's going to be all the Fox movies. There's going to be like going to be more, more Marvel movies are going to be coming out, more Disney movies. And remember, they're going to be remaking all their old stuff as well. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a Lion King too. Like put it that way. And yeah, that, and that, that, that'll Aladdin. Be on. Aladdin's got a sequel Aladdin's, coming out. Spin-off. You could probably, who knows, a, a spin-off Toy Story movie. Like that'll probably end up on there. The Mandalorian season two. Oh my gosh. There's just like so much, so much to kind of like go through. All right. Okay. Now, um, Guardians of the Galaxy has been in the news once again. And we spoke about James Gunn and we said like, um, uh, I think it was like a couple of episodes ago and he's, he's categorically, he said that Adam Warlock is, yeah, he's categorically said Adam Warlock is not part of Guardians 3, right? Is that, am I getting he that right, Deval? He said it, but I don't really believe it. I think he's just trying right, to throw okay. the curveball, you know? Okay, but how much can we believe about the filming schedule? Because because I'm sure he's in the throes of, of uh, Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, so that's currently was, filming as we speak, literally. Yeah. But he's, uh, so obviously what, what can you tell us about Guardians 3? Yeah, because obviously he's, he's filming, uh, what do you call it? Suicide Squad that put Guardians yeah. Three on 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 ice, but we've been uh, our little birdies have come back and told us that Guardians Three isn't going to start filming for another year, so Ooh. it's literally going to start filming at the beginning of twenty twenty one, with a twenty twenty two release like date hopefully. So that's but, a, uh, it's a while that's away. A yeah, Guardians Three. So it looks like uh, Zoe Saldana can carry on filming <laughs> Avatar. Uh, you yes. know, uh, what's his name? Star Lord can do his, his other projects that he's doing. Uh, Vin Diesel, he's you know he's got Bloodshot coming out, and he's gonna he's gonna do yes. Fast and Furious Nine. I'm sure he'll, he'll have done Fast and Furious Ten by then or something. Oh, for <laughs> uh, yeah. And that also explains maybe why. Uh, that also explains. I, I kind of segues onto our our one of our other other bits of news uh, that uh, Batista. Uh, he actually turned up to the head offices of Warner Brothers. Mm. 
Yes. And he is forcing the issue to make him play the new Bane. Oh. Can you imagine? He's already made. He, he looks like Bane. <sighs> no makeup needed. Imagine him as Bane with all and those pipes like coming Bane. out. Exactly. And his name is a B. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, man. It makes sense. Yeah, there's some fan art of him being Bane. And I tell you, man, he is Bane. I can see so him. Could like this be like, so could this be, like, could, could you see him doing like Bane and this being kind of like, they take like what they do with Joker and they kind of focus on like the Bane character. So we don't see a Batman in there. We're just focusing on Bane. You know what? That is actually, no one's actually said that. I think you're the first person to say that. Uh, right, that's it. I get, I get dibs <laughs> on any profits on that one. The flicks Point, get it. 0.5% is a lot of money, you know, when you're taking, <laughs> when, you're, when you're breaking a billion. <laughs> exactly. Imagine you. that. Mm. Imagine we see him like, um, I don't know, like the whole backstory. I mean, we saw a bit of backstory of Bane, didn't we, in um, The Dark Knight Rises? A little bit, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. There, there but, was a little bit. Yeah, but I think, I think this iteration is more going to be going towards the Robert Pattinson version of Batman and stuff like that. Uh, Maybe not in the first film because the first film's got a lot of villains already. So that'll be overstuffed. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, he, he, he literally turned up and (laughs) when he turns up, you know, you've got to send someone, send someone down to come and deal with him, you know? You know, um, this is really interesting. Yeah, man, this is really interesting. I've, I'm seeing a lot over the past like four or five years, I'm seeing actors taking the you know the 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 bull by the horns and like you know making shit happen and it's a classic mm-hmm. example is like deadpool ryan reynolds you know he 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 they filmed um it was uh tim miller ryan reynolds they teamed up and they did remember there was that little short scene that they yes, filmed and then it yes, got leaked yes, 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 and then yes, from yes. that people blew their load over the internet and it was just like shit we got to see this movie and then you, you know you, I, I'm, I'm just getting this kind of vibe that people are like you know what if we're going to make a movie we've got to make it happen ourselves and like yeah. um a, another case in point is carol danvers aka um brie larson she's mm. kind of like a champion of like roles that she wants to do and maybe this should happen and that should happen and maybe we should kind of like get this working together you know yeah. what expect a lot more of this to happen in the future guys a lot of it happens and sometimes it's by mistake you know uh, jumping back a little bit I know we've got to stop the news in a second I know we're going on but (laughs) but jumping back a little bit in Star Wars uh, the the Rise of Skywalker did you did you notice that one of the uh, one of the hobbits was there what one of the hobbits is he a hobbit yeah hobbit from Lord of the Rings you know you had Frodo you had the four hobbits yeah, so you have Frodo, you had Samwise Gamgee yeah, and, and the other Pippin. Two. Yeah, I think I think Pippin his name Perrin. Yeah, one of them. Did, did you notice he was in Star Wars? No, <laughs> you know, I didn't. Dominic Mohan. Oh shit! You are absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. He was. So, oh yeah. The reason he was in it because he, he won a bet with J.J. Abrams a few years ago. They bet on a football match. That's soccer to you Americans, but they bet on a football <laughs> match that, you know, a team would win. Uh, Dominic Mohan, or this Pippin guy, he won yeah. the bet. And the the, the winner, would, would, the, the, the prize would be to be in the next Star Wars film. So, wicked? Yeah, when J.J. Abrams became on as director, he had to honour that bet and put him into the film. 
So that was just, no, he was, a, he was for no reason, just because he won a bet. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird because I saw him, I was just like, fool yeah, took. What, what was he doing, doing in there? What, what was fool ever took doing in there? He just pops out of nowhere. Just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> this that is was like part. so funny. And then the All last right, bit okay. of news, the last bit of news we have is, and guys, as we as we as we say this, I want you to close your eyes, close yes. your eyes, for us, please, mm. and just you know, just <laughs> picture John Berthel, you know, the Punisher. He does really, really well in the Punisher. Yeah, he, he was also in a few other films. He's been in quite a few films. He's a really good, gritty, hardcore actor. Yeah, the sort of actor where you kind of you can feel the miles that he's got in his emotional. You know, like his, that, yeah. his, his emotional depictions. He's really lived, you know. And just imagine someone like that with that attitude, that gruffness. Imagine him, John Burfield, the Punisher, as Wolverine. Boom. Yeah. Make it so seriously. Smoke, smoking seriously. that cigar. Oh, come smoking on. Smoking that cigar. I can and see him it. going, Bub. Exactly. Hey, Bub. <laughs> <laughs> From the cartoons, remember? I know, man. Seriously, you oh, know what man. they? You know what this could be a brilliant. He could be a brilliant actor for a reboot. Bring it on over the next yeah. like, two, three years. Let him work. Let Kevin Feige work on it. Let him mm-hmm. take care of all the logistics yep. and bring him. <laughs> set, set it in Japan. Like you know, go back a bit. I don't know, man. Bring him logistics. on. Seriously, <laughs> you make like, me laugh. Seriously, make it like R rated. I don't know. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Just do it. Like make it happen. I don't think he'll sign up if it, if it wasn't R-rated. He'd have to, yeah, this guy, he deals with shit. We, do you remember, do you know, me, you, um, who else, a couple of the other guys, we saw, um, we saw Logan in cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was there too. I think I was there. Yeah. 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 We all, we all watched that movie and we all walked out of the cinema and we were like, Whoa. we were blown mm. away, man. That, that movie had flipping some heart. It had mm. some fight, man. It was, it was a, it was a swan song, right? It was yeah. Hugh Jackman's swan song as, as Wolverine. I thought that was brilliant. Seeing but, people crying in the cinema. I know, I know. But I'm telling you, you bring on the Punisher, right? AKA John. Man, I'm telling you, he's going to do some damage and he'd be a great, great, great Wolverine. Right. Okay, folks, listen, we could go on about this for a really, really long time and we don't want 2020 to catch up on us. So what we're going to do is we're going to shift. We're going to move on. Right. So we are going to be speaking about the highlight of the decade. So this is 2010, right? Movies from 2010 all the way up to 2019. Okay. So that's a lot of movies. And obviously folks, we can't go through every, every single movie that came out over the decade. So what we've done is we've plucked a few movies and we're going to speak about those movies. And, um, some of them you probably, you might not even heard of. And that's a good thing because we'll speak about them and you might go away and think, oh, actually that movie sounded really interesting. Let me just read up on that on, on the internet. And, you know, you might read up on it and you might think, oh, this sounds really good. And you might try and download it, you know, purchase it, whatever on Blu-ray, whatever you want to do, go out and watch them because these are the movies that we think are really, really great. All right. Okay. So, Devaldo, we've got a movie from 2013 and I remember this movie because you... You, you know, you, you basically sung its praise and you spoke about it and, you know, it's a science fiction movie. I love science fiction movie. It's got like kind of a time loop. It's got some sort of, something's going on in this movie, right? And the way you explained it, I was like, I have to go out and watch this movie. So this is from 2013 and this is a movie called Coherence. 
and believe you me, it's not coherent what the hell is going on. But when you watch the movie, you're going to come out of that and you're going to be thinking, wow, man, that was really interesting. Deval, why did you choose this movie? Um, why did you want to put this movie on your list of movies of the decade? This film, I came across it randomly uh, a few years ago. It came out in 2013, like you said. <clears throat> and it was just a random find. I had no idea about it. And sometimes it's best when you know nothing, like Jon Snow, before you watch a film like this. <laughs> this film, and the fact that it's called Coherence, it plays with your understanding. It plays yeah. with your knowledge. It plays with your your knowledge of like just the world and time and all that kind of stuff. But this film is a sci-fi it's a masterpiece for me. It, 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 the film brilliant. starts off just as, you know, it looks like a dinner party at any kind of household, you know, friends coming around for dinner, eating, just chilling, whatever it might be. And then slowly, bit by bit, the pieces come together. The plot thickens. The real insidious kind of, I guess, uh, story unfolds. And then that's when you see, that's when you sort of realise, oh shit, this is going down, but you are, you, you're a step ahead almost. No, don't again, are you? I think the way this film plays out, you're kind of on the same level with the actors because they don't know what's going on as well. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Is this happening? Is it not happening? You don't know. And the sort of things that you would do, you think to yourself, okay, I'll do this. The actors start to do it. So they show that they're intelligent as well. Yeah. They do it and it doesn't yeah. work or they're more confused. This film it does play with the space-time continuum. It does play, play with multiverse. It does play with a string theory and all those quantum physical, you know, physics uh, theories that you hear, you know, Mikio Kwaku and Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about and obviously you know, yeah. uh, Einstein, Stephen, uh, Stephen Hawking, all these theories that they talk about, you know, it's like this plays with it, but on a emotional level. It doesn't get scientific because the people in the film are not scientists. They're regular sure. folk you and me yeah so that's why i like it because it comes from an angle of just normalcy almost you know yeah but it totally really really every every person i've 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 recommended this film to loved it they've, they've loved it and i've only seen this film once i'm gonna see it again i want to watch it again now i feel like point. watching it again seriously yeah, you, yeah. You've got to leave some big gaps in between i've not seen it for almost what five years and yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when I watch it again because it's going to be just as good. But because coherent. there's things that you yeah. might, because there's things that you just kind of pick up. It, it was just so weird because, like, um, I'm a sucker for these types of movies because, yeah, like you said, coherence. I didn't know what the hell was going on, and I was just like, shit. Well, hang on a second. So that person, like the other house and the comet everything is all related and it's you know is it to do with the comet or you know who you know is this the person who we think that it is or it could it be a different person and then like you know it reminds you of um like a like an episode of the twilight zone like almost yes, it's got that yes. type of a feel yeah. to it but listen folks like one thing that you have to realize is this doesn't have any major major movie stars okay so you're not going to find like a chris evans or like you know someone like that in this movie but that doesn't detract from the, the you know the movie going experience and a lot of people will probably think oh shit who's in this some like bureau actors you know what just just don't even just go down that route just just watch it for a storyline and watch how the plot unfolds and think about what you would do in that situation it's brilliant exactly. You're gonna love nice. it. that's so true yeah it's called so, Coherence and it's from 2013, folks. So go out and watch that movie. All right. Okay. Now let's creep things up a little bit. So, um, 
Yeah, let's go. Let's jump a few years forward now. So 2015, um, I, it almost feels like as if there was a slate of these movies that were coming out, Deval, or they have been coming out for the last like 10 years. Um, but like mm. movies like Insidious, movies like um, Sinister, movies mm-hmm. like... Um, I don't know, drag, uh, not drag me to hell, uh, the, the, the possession of like, Heather Graham or, so, or something like <laughs> this. Or like, you know, that's it. Yeah, Deborah Logan. It feels yeah, like as if the last me. decade, the last decade has been f- like littered with these types of movies. But this movie is, is a bit special, this one. And it's yes. still to this day, like when I think, when I think about it, it's, this is creepy as hell, man. It's like, I was actually shit scared when I watched this movie. It's called The Witch. Even mm. the name, The Witch, man, come on. The Witch. Like, why do you want to watch a movie called The Witch? And the poster of the film is a ram. Like, a, like, a, like you know, devil worship kind of like <laughs> ram or goat kind of imagery. And this goat looks nasty. It's got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes yes. and on IMDb, it's like 7 out of 10. So this film is rated really, really, really highly. But Deval, yeah. why is it on the list? On the list because just like, just like the previous film is best watch with a blank canvas. Both films are an hour and a half. That goes to show you nice, can get yeah. good story, good pacing in an hour and a half. Leave them wanting more. Don't leave them full up, you know. But this film, mm. The Witch, is directed by Robert Eggers, and he also directed uh, another film that I actually haven't seen yet, but I want to see The Lighthouse, which is getting crazy, crazy yes. reviews. Uh, but Robert Eggers is a well, I would say young, actually. He's a young, up-and-coming uh, director uh, who is, I guess at the moment, really into his horror. And uh, this film is about a New England family in 19... Sorry, not 19, 19. Uh, in the 1630s in New England, America. And it's about the sort of time period of like, you know, the... I think it might have been after the Salem kind of witch trials and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, families in, in that sort of that time period are still quite uh, spiritual, maybe is the right word to use. And sure, yeah. they believe in, you know, different forces, magic. They believe in possession. They're very, very sensitive to those, those sorts of issues. And if they believe somebody in the community is a conduit for evil in that kind of way, they will, the whole community will rally against that person and they will banish you forthwith from that community. And <laughs> you can- <laughs> is getting into this now, man. Shit. They will banish you. Old English. <laughs> old English, mate. <laughs> they will banish you and that's it, you're gone. So in this in this story, it does depict the story of a family who, uh, for some, some strange reason, they are, they, they're, possessed or there's, there's some sort of you know negative spiritual energy around them the community see that and they throw them out now this family have to survive out in the wilderness and what you see is the is the sort of legacy of that they as they're trying to survive and trying to move on something dark is following them something dark oh, is casting a shadow over their lives and you you can it's not always that clear it's not always that clear you're not always sure what it is but something's there. Sick, man. And another thing to mention in this film, yeah, this film is based in night in, in, in the 1630s, so ages ago. No electricity at that time, I think. And one wow. thing that Robert Eggers decided to do in this film, it stars Anya Taylor-Joy, we, we have to say. She's a really good, yeah, she's really good. good actress. Yeah. But 
one thing that the director decided to do was to use a hundred percent natural light. Oh, so all the lights you see in this film, none of it is made electronically. So the director chose to use candles or reflective, you know, from the moonlight or whatever it might be, but there's no electric. This is to make the film as authentic as possible, just to put you in the mood even further. Wow. Just imagine that. Yeah. It's 2015 and they're making a film with no, that's, that's actually quite a good film for that, a good yeah. uh, advert for, uh, like, you know, an energy saving climate change and all that, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, dude, it is. Yeah. Oh but my it's God. A, it's, a, it's a sick it, film. It's disturbing. I it must is. say. It's disturbing. And, and you know what? I just kind of like this guy, like Eggers, like you mentioned, he's, he seems like someone who's kind of like meticulous and he, the way he probably frames his shots and the way he, the look and feel of the oh. movies. And it just says over here, I was just reading up on this. Um, because he went to 17th century British, who went to museums, which kind of uh, were experts in 17th century British agriculture, like, you know, to, to get into kind of like enough detail to figure out, okay, how would this really look? How would it really look in the 1630s? And not only that, he did his casting in England because he mm. wanted people like authentic to have like authentic accents. Like this, 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 this guy is like kind of like the real deal. And just finally on this thing, right? You know, you talk about obviously Robert Eggers and he's got this like amazing kind of like film career. It's looking like as if mm. he's got like a really good film career ahead of him. He's 36 years old. But let's talk about... Young, young. The, the, let's talk about the production company. This is another A24 24. production. Yeah. And Deval, you've said it so many times on this show. A24, they're behind some great, great, great movies. And um, yeah, man, what is it about A24? Why is it that they... They, the they champions of they these types wanna, of movies. They don't want to be the same as the, all the blockbusters. They want to give new directors that have got, you know, inspiration, new directors that have got talent, new directors that are different because sometimes different is what stands out. They want to give them the chance and give them the opportunity. Small budget. But when you get a small budget, what do you do? You're more creative. Yes. You're more creative. This film, Stephen King himself, who's a master of horror, said this film terrified him. Yeah. This film terrified him. It was only shot in 25 days. Come on. The That's budget mad. probably said they've only got 25 days to do it. So they did it. It terrified Stephen King, the man that's like, that's sick himself. Yeah. Hmm. Shit, man. If you can, yeah, guys, the King watch of Terror. The Witch. Exactly. Watch The Witch. Watch it in a dark room. Try not to watch it alone, but watch The Witch. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know what? Here, this next movie is is really interesting. So um, this was made a year before The Witch. So this is like from 2014. Oh. And you know what, Devaldo? Here's oh. one thing that I've realized about this movie. It's divided a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Oh. And this movie has actually got a higher rating on Rotten Tomatoes. This has actually yeah. got 96%. Yeah. So this is rated higher than the movie that we just spoke about, which is The Witch. And oh. on my first, listen, I'll be honest with you when i first watched it i was i was hooked i was engrossed and i was like shit what the hell is going on like you know i'm like jumping behind the covers and then i'm not joking the uh, the reaction that i got at the end of the movie was oh shit really like that but then what happened was i went back and I watched the movie again and I was like, actually, you know what? I missed that bit in the movie. I missed that bit in the movie. Oh, I missed that bit over there like that. And then I realized that this is actually 
a it's, it's a great for, listen I don't like horror movies I don't like and this isn't really like a horror it's kind of like a psychological type of a yep. movie as well and there are some scary bits in there yeah some like jump out bits but I mean I was like shit this film got me it, it followed me do you know that it followed me and then oh. later on for days afterwards I was like shit man I'm looking behind my back and like seeing shit like um, I'm talking about It Follows. So folks, if you haven't seen this movie, go check this one out. And it's definitely made the list. But Deval, why, why have you chosen it? It Follows, for me, is a modern masterpiece. It mm. is a modern masterpiece of cinematic... Oh, I, I don't even know the word to use. This, this film, like you said, It Follows. The premise of this film, for people that don't know, we're not going to spoil it, but made in 2014, was it? Yeah, 2014 by Robert David Mitchell, another good young uh, director. Well, he's not so young, but still, he's he's a good director. This film yeah. is about a a force that follows you. No matter where you go, it follows you. The only way you can pass this force on is if you have sex with someone, and then you pass it on to them. That frees you up. So this film, the premise also it just it it, it covers sort of the modern, you know promiscuity and stuff like that or non-promiscuity yeah. I should say and discovers like relationships but also the force itself the fact that it follows you and the fact that it isn't defined to one form or like, one gender exactly exact what is it but it will follow you so and, and, and <laughs> this thing moves <laughs> slow but it eventually gets there so it means that you you cannot sit in a room that doesn't have more than one exit you cannot sit yeah. in a room and just have your back to the exit and be relaxed. You can't even sleep at night without having no. someone look out for you. And the thing is, no one else can see it but you. <laughs> no one else can see it but you. So this this exactly. thing will ruin your life. Sometimes now, that's why when you said it, it still follows you, I can relate to that. Because sometimes yeah. now when I go into a room, I think to myself, shit, if I was, if I was in It Follows right now, I couldn't be in this room. <laughs> Like yes. I couldn't sleep at night because I've only got one door and I got a window, so it means that. And things, this thing is relentless. You can you can go to another country; it will still follow you. Follow and you. It, it's it's it is so for me. This is the most terrifying thing, like a, a lifetime of something on your case that only you can see. Psychological, exactly. Oh, and you can't Imag kill it. And you can't and kill you, it. And you can't kill it. That that is the thing. And imagine that. Imagine the the unseen shit that's going on out there, and. It, whatever fear that is or whatever it yeah. is whatever it manifests itself it, it follows you and the funny thing is what does it do when it gets you and that's why folks what that's why when you watch the ending when you watch the ending so so it, it's like um so there's kind of like a, a little bit there's a character in there who is he's madly in love with yeah, yeah. one of the other characters and, and and for me I'm like shit man this guy he's so much in love with her that he'll basically do anything for her yeah. to the point where he'll even take on board this shit whatever you know this sex with her isn't it <laughs> exactly he gets that so he's like I want to sex with you so badly that so I don't give horny. a shit <laughs> yeah it's like I want to get laid I want you so badly that I don't yeah. give a shit what follows me like you know it's like fuck it I just want to sleep with you um alright okay so that was like 2014 isn't it it's like obviously we'll stay with you for life and if you have sex with someone else you pass it on so it's kind of like a metaphor that for that it. but in a more horrific 
It's crazy, man. And the way it's your worst nightmare in the 80s, isn't it? It's like the music is a bit like 80s. You don't know what year it is. It's like, it's a bit of a weird yeah. kind of, in a good way, uh, kind of a style. But yeah, I really like it. For me, a top, top, one of my top 10 horror films of all time, for sure. Yeah, man. For sure. It is good. It's definitely, check that one out, folks. It's like, we've we've mentioned a few and we're going to mention a couple more. But um, yeah, definitely go check out It Follows. Okay, so now, now this next movie, but listen, seriously, yeah, when it came out, I, I thought it was yeah, the proper, <laughs> proper breath of fresh air. I just wasn't expecting this movie, man. It was just like the music, the the, the direction, oh. the kind of the tone of the whole movie. Like, oh. where are they taking this movie? Um, so it's called Sicario and it stars uh, Emily Blunt, who I think is really amazing in this movie. Um, it stars John uh, Berthnall, a.k.a. Uh, Punisher, a.k.a. Uh, Future oh. Wolverine, hopefully, we just spoke about. And... Um, Thanos. Oh. And um, Thanos. Thanos. And the collector. Um, and, and sorry, which actor? The collector, uh, Benicio del Toro. Oh man, Benicio del Toro. This guy, mm. man, is like th- this guy when he, like, I don't know. Th- there's a bit in the movie where he were introduced to Benicio del Toro's character, and he's dark. He's like, you know, you don't know much about him, but you look at into his eyes, and you know that this guy's oh. got history. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it's just like crazy. So Sicario, how would you set up Sicario, Devaldo? It's like, it's oh, it's like um, the life of a... I was lost yeah. for quite a while. I was like, what's going on? I felt a bit like <laughs> Emily, Blunt, Emily Blunt's character. I was like, what's going on? Like, what is the, what's going on here? Like, what's, you don't, you don't, you get, you don't get all the full details, but you understand there's yeah. some sort of, you know, there's a, there's a war with the drug cartel in, I think it's Mexico. And uh, there's just, you know, I, I just thought it was a straightforward, sort of police like let's catch the cartel situation but the way it's filmed the way that it's shot the way this the score is dealt with is very insidious yeah. and very dark and very it just moves you with the just the, the drone sort of sort of uh, uh sort of background you know, the sort of music background it's very very it's, it's very very well made I, I, this film for me for one of those sort of drug cartel kind of films this film for me is probably the best I've seen. It's very yeah. violent, very, very violent. Yes. Like very, oh my gosh, some of the killings in this and the bodies Ooh. that they catch and the shock sometimes of what you, you know, what happens, you know. And oh. you know, there's, there's, there's one image, there's one thing in there where, um, you know, that they find some bodies, right? They oh, find some bodies gosh. in yeah, the yeah, wall. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? I thought, ah, yeah, man, where the hell? Shall I tell you something? I was reading an article, this is no joke, right? shit like that happens in Mexico because they, they, what it is, right? They, the cartels, they need to get rid of the bodies. So mm. what they, they, what they'll do is sometimes they'll just kind of like obviously dump them somewhere in the desert or wherever it is and dig a holes and whatnot. Right. But he goes, some people, they can't be bothered to drive out. So what they do is they build these, like these shacks and they'll just put bodies in the walls, like proper Fred West style. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is just mm. like the shit that goes on in cartel land, man. This is crazy. Yeah. So this this shit really does happen. But I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a great movie. They? They, they hang the bodies over bridges, don't they? Like just oh, as a warning. Man. Yes. yes. With no heads and arms missing. That's a warning, just, man. That's a warning sign, man. But let's just say, let's just mention as well, this is directed by our mate Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Denis. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. He's yeah. got a nerve, all right. This guy is good. 
He's Everything hot property I've seen at the moment. Good prisoners. That could be on this list. All his films could be on this list, you know. Blade Runner know. 2049. Yeah. Uh, what else has he done? Arrival. That's on the list already, I think. But yeah, th- this person, this and Dune is one to be one to look out for in 2020, which we'll talk yeah. about later. But this person exactly. knows how to make a good film. This French Canadian person, man, he's he's crazy. He's got but, that yeah. feel. And yeah, mm. and just just finally on this one, it was uh, photographed. It was the cinematography is by a guy called Roger Deakins, who oh. is a legend. This guy, Devaldo, he's done so, so many like great, great movies. Mm. Um, I think he did Arrival as well. Like when you look at Roger Deakins' filmography, you're like, shit, he's behind that movie. Oh, he filmed that movie. He photographed that movie. The look and feel. Oh, yeah, this oh, is a yes. Roger Deakins oh. movie, man. Yeah. This guy's wicked. Blade Runner as so, well. Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, go check it out. It's beautifully shot and brutal, brilliantly acted. Like Devel mentioned, Emily Blunt. You don't know she's kind of like a head walking around like a headless chicken sometimes, mm. and we feel like that. And you know, um, do you think there's <laughs> going to be a third one? I don't know. I hope not because I think the second one wasn't as good. Wasn't the second as one good, took right? it in yeah. a different direction, different director, and all that. Definitely wasn't as good, but yeah, this one for me was a masterpiece, Sicario. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. The next movie that we're going to be speaking about has has been spoken of as a masterpiece as well. Uh, there's no kind of like, you know, beating around the bush over here. This movie got 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It got 100% on the Metacritic, uh, on the Metacritic uh, list. So what that Ooh. means is basically critics around the world universally have have basically acclaimed this movie. So I'm talking about a film called Boyhood and um, directed by Richard, Richard Linklater, Latter. Yeah, I mean, Richard I'm not Linklater, sure. that's the one, yeah. Yeah, Richard Linklater. And oh my God, man. In terms of movie going experience, this is un- unbelievable, incredible. They filmed this movie. It took this movie about 10, 10 or 12 years. 12 uh, years. Let me just quickly yeah. find out. Yeah, it, it, it took such a long time to make this movie. And that wow. wasn't that wasn't because, oh, because of creative differences or because of they had issues with the studios or they couldn't get funding. No, basically the director, he wanted to show the life of a, of a person, of this, of this boy. The movie's called Boyhood. And so what he did was they filmed a little bit when he was maybe aged eight. Uh, then when he was like 10 years old, they filmed a bit more. When he was like about 12 years old, they filmed a bit more. And until he got to 18 years old, uh, or something like that when he got to college leaving uh, age. So in terms of kind of like how they made this movie, he got the actors together and he said, hey, look, this movie is going to take a really long time. All I'm asking for you is to have your trust in me, believe in the process and believe that I'm going to make an honest, I'm going to make a heartfelt movie about what it's like growing up and what it's like to not know what you're going to do in life, to have all these questions about, you know, puberty, about sex and about, you know, relationships that you have with your parents. I'm going to make a movie about this and it's going to span like over a decade. Imagine pitching that movie, Devaldo. People are going to be like, what? What the hell? What? How are you going to make this movie? This guy he made it devout and he made it happen. And you know what? It's a really great movie. It's actually, a, I watched it and I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. Mm, really good. And that's something that, like you said as well, something that this just doesn't know what well, most movie studios wouldn't let that happen. They'd be like, what? 
You want to take 12 years to shoot a movie? (laughs) Get out of town. You know, (laughs) they would refuse that. But yeah, Richard Linklater had a a vision. Obviously, they all had different projects that they were doing in between there. So uh, Ethan Hawke was doing other stuff in between. Uh, Patricia Arquette, they were all doing stuff in between. And they'll, they'll, they'll return to set every every few months and they'll film a bit here, film a bit there sort of thing. So, you know, it took a bit of time, but, but yeah, even, even the director's daughter, he caused his daughter to be in the film. His daughter was cast in the film. And after a few years, she lost interest. (laughs) She lost interest (laughs) and said, daddy, can you, can you just, can you just kill my character off? (laughs) He was like, no, that's too violent. You're going to stay in the film. So she had to see the film through. But it wow. does take a long time, 12 years, somebody can lose interest and somebody can yeah, be like that. Nah. So, you know, but they saw it through. And I think it's, that alone makes it for me a film worth seeing that the natural progression of someone's childhood, their formative years from being seven years old to 19, there's no, you know, digital de-aging or digital no aging. aging. Here. Yeah, this is real is. shit, you know, real hormones, real shit. So yeah, very, very, it's it's very, very brave and something that needs to be seen really. Uh, yeah, uh, brilliant. When that came out and also uh, Patricia, is it? Yeah, Patricia Arquette, she won, um, she won the Oscar for this. And re- do you remember oh, yeah. when she gave, there was that big speech, you know, and this was around about the time of like women's, uh, women's pay. They were like, so I, re- I remember this. So she won the, she won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar and then she got up on stage and she was like, come on women, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And like, there was this whole big thing and then obviously it went into other, other little movements as well. So yeah, man, it's big. It's a powerful movie. Really, really powerful movie. All right. Okay. Okay. So another powerful movie that we've got to speak about. So we're moving into kind of, um, what would you call it? Is this sci? No, you wouldn't. Would this, is this sci-fi, sci-fi action or is it fantasy action? Uh, what would you call this? How would you place this? Yeah. What would you call this? I would call it, uh, yeah, a bit of sci-fi action actually. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that is. Yeah. A bit of sci-fi action. Sci-fi action. Yeah. So this movie is the directorial no, hang on a second. Let me get this right. It's the yeah, it's the uh, it's the English language directorial debut of Bong Joon-ho. Now, Bong Joon-ho is a Korean he's a Korean film director and he's he's lauded. He's like he's like highly acclaimed in Korea and and the films that he makes. He's he's made one just recently which has done like really really well. Won yeah. lots of awards. Uh, he's got a movie out on Netflix called Okja, which everyone keeps speaking about. And I've still got to watch this movie. Um, but yeah, this is basically like a sci-fi epic. And again, highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. If you, you know, if you like that sort of stuff, it's 95%. It's got 84% rating by the critics and it's called Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man. So this movie is set in, um, is it set in the future, Deval? I can't remember. This is set in, yeah, it's like a dystopian type future. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know just how far ahead it is. But yeah, this is set in a, a future where climate change, and it's something that's really important these days because climate change is on the tip of a lot of people's tongues. A lot of politicians and a lot of activists these days are talking about climate change. So this could be the future if we're not careful. But uh, climate change has gone crazy. The world is just, you know, ice age pretty much yeah so that the earth is almost inhabitable or pretty much it is inhabitable unless you have you know a good structure around you that's heated and protects you now these people live on a train this massive train that goes around the world constantly and on the train there's a 
again, this deals with society and the sort of uh, class divide, which one of our other films will talk about. But yeah, class yeah. divide and rich and poor, how the poor feed the rich and just how they're treated and all that kind of stuff. So, and it also shows like in like in society, real life, the, the, after a while, the poor, uh, soon they, they rise up and they can't, they've had enough and they start to, you know, shout and punch and throw things and blow things up and, you know, rebel against the rich. And that's what happens on this train. It's a very, very much a sci-fi uh, sort of Marxist uh, sort of a, a genre. And it deals with all the things that you can relate to. Uh, and, you know, some, well, some people can relate to. And it deals with yeah. it really, really well, but in a really dystopian type uh, environment. So it's really, it's really, really well led by uh, Captain America as well. Uh, he's in it. Yeah, man. <laughs> no shields. I wonder why. But, yeah. I wonder why he. Um, because he was like he was. This is 2013, right? So what yeah. had come out in 2013? So just after uh, Avengers, Avengers Assemble. I wonder why he would like why he took on this role because because the, the film director okay yeah he's acclaimed in south korea it's his first you know english language film I, I think it takes guts for him to say okay you know what i'm gonna go with this guy next i'm gonna make a movie you know with this yeah. subject matter i don't well, know he it, actually just, it, it feels brave to me he likes independent films you know captain america that's why he's yeah. leaving uh marvel he obviously marvel pays the bills and it puts him on the next level, but he does like independent sure. films. He does he does actually like them. So now and again, he does want to do them. Jamie Bell, Hulk, we've got Tilda Swinton, uh, The Ancient One. Uh, they're all in it. Octavia Spencer, she's really good. John Hurt is in the film as well, but it's got some really, yeah. really, really strong casts and they all play their, their role really well. Uh, and yeah, I just think this film for me stood out a lot because it, it could have just been your average action, you know, this all fight against the the leader or whatever it might be but there's a reason they're fighting and the way it's set as well in a confined kind of you know space it also lends to a different environment rather than all, always being in like for america for example in new york or whatever you know big landscapes yeah, but yeah, very totally. confined and they have limited resources and they still have to fight and they still do fight. And it's a, it reminds me a little bit of like, you know, the raid yeah. and things like that, where they have to work their way from point A yeah. to point Z. A bit like old school arcade games. Point you know, you've got, a, yeah. you've got like a, a destination, the yeah, end man. of level boss kind of to get to. And this film does kind of uh, deal with that. And yeah, I think they do well, actually. And and for folks out there who are fans of this movie or they want to kind of like, you know, watch the movie and if you do like it, you might think, okay, what's next? Well, check this out. So Snowpiercer is an upcoming American post-apocalyptic dystopian thriller television drama series that is set to air on TNT in spring 2020. So they've taken the novel. So it's based on a, on a French novel. They made it into the 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 Captain America movie, the Chris Evans movie, and now they're turning it into, or they've turned it into a TV show. So expect this in the next year. And it's got man, um, David Diggs, Jennifer Connelly. It's got like oh, man, okay, it's got a huge huge okay. cast in there. It's a good cast. Uh, oh, by and the way, it's, the and it's produced, executive produced by. Sorry. Oh, I was just, no, I was just going to say the film set in twenty thirty one. So just just so you know. 2031. Okay. Oh, and check this yeah. out. Have a guess who's one of the executive producers on uh, this, on the TV show Snowpiercer. 
Uh, it's going to be Spielberg. No. Scott Derrickson. Oh, Doctor Strange. Yes, mm, he's one of the producers okay, on it. Okay, 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 okay. So, mm. you know, it's going to... It's an interesting mix over there. All right, okay. So, folks, that was uh, Snowpiercer from 2013. Now, okay, let's fast forward a bit more. Uh, let's go to 2016. If you can remember back to 2016, I can certainly remember watching this movie in the cinema because <sighs> it was directed by Denis Villeneuve again. Stars um, Rachel Rachel Adams. Is it Rachel yeah, Adams? McAdams, I think, or was it Adams? One of them. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Renner, a.k.a. Um, Ronin, a.k.a. Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, it is, it is, uh, it is Rachel Adams. Uh, Amy Adams, sorry, you got it. Amy Adams, you got it sorry, right. Sorry, Amy Adams, sorry. Amy yeah, Adams. Amy Adams. So we're talking about Arrival. And, man, again, this is one of those movies where it's the storyline is just, you know, I don't think it, do you reckon he had, was there, was this a big budget movie? I think it would have had to be a quite a decent budget because uh, the special effects were really good. Uh, but again, it was localized. It wasn't like the special effects didn't drive the movie. The movie just was enhanced by special effects. But I think the actual, the, the story was the main driver and the, the, the the object of the challenge of the movie as well was the main driver. So maybe it wasn't a massive budget. Maybe it might have been like a 60 or 50 million pound budget, maybe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was it was about 47 million. But it oh, okay. took, <laughs> yeah, so it took at the box office two over 200 million. You see? You see? Um so yeah so this film came out in 2016 so basically she plays like a linguist and um she is called upon by the military to decipher uh yeah so they've so the military they've kind of like seen these uh you know they've they've noticed that there's kind of like spaceships basically in, in, you know, around different parts of the world, right? I think there's like four or five and there's messages, they're receiving messages. So you could say there's kind of like a bit of a hark back to close encounters of the third kind, like, you know, that first contact. Okay. So, you know, the idea that, oh my God, if we were ever going to be contacted by aliens, all right, number one is, you know, how would they get here? And number two, how would we actually communicate with them? Right. So this movie is it focuses on on that the communication how the hell would you communicate with uh you know a, a species which they don't speak your language they, they, they don't speak any language from earth so basically what happens is they call in an expert who's a linguist and she has to decipher the language that the aliens are using and then the whole movie is based on that but it's not just based on that there's other kind of shit going on in the background as well but Deval man again well man what a movie this is a great movie this again. film for me is one of the greatest sci-fi films i mean it's so obviously sci-fi is hard to make realistic but but for me some of the elements of this are so realistic one uh the, the aliens you know they travel here in a ship that we don't recognize, we can't penetrate. It's just so advanced that I think that's believable. Two, the aliens don't look like what we think they're going to look like. They look like something crazy. Again, I don't think, I mean, they always say life as we know it, 
But life as we know it is just how we know it. Doesn't mean that's how life is going to be if we ever come in contact with anything extraterrestrial. You know what I mean? From another galaxy. So I think that's good as well that they just looked, they look crazy different. The language that they communicated in as well, I think, again, is something that is non almost yes non-vocal isn't it or it was just some, it was like a weird symbol type situation yeah. and it was just something so different to anything else on earth which i think it again is true why should a language why should they even understand our language or why should we understand their language it took them yeah. months to even get any kind of understanding it and it, and it took the best yeah linguistic scientist in the world and a team of them months to understand just how to months. you know communicate and that, that that's a true thing they shouldn't just land and we can communicate straight away no chance you know yeah. no chance and what i love about this is what i love about this is that they did their research on this as well they actually brought in over a linguist to figure out okay how would like how would a person actually be able to to do this and I remember listening to a podcast by the the consultant on the movie. So back in 2016, whenever it was, I listened to this podcast and man, it was fascinating. So she's kind of like a doctor of, of linguistics in some university in Canada or in America. They brought her onto the movie and they basically said to her, listen, please, doctor, like explain to us so that we can put it down into script form and show it as a movie to people. How would linguists decipher this language oh man it's brilliant and it goes Mm. into all of that sort of stuff like learning a flipping language and if you've got then the power to communicate then you've got the power to to do other things which when you watch the movie you'll see uh you know it kind of fits into kind of like stuff that happens in the future and things like that so again another great movie and again the 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 sort the, what you think is the story isn't just the story because they talk about time, don't they? Because the, the, the aliens gifted yeah. them time. It was like the aliens weren't there for just no reason. They were there to like, oh, it's, it's so, it's a, it's a mind twister because they, they gave her the, the gift of, of, uh, of time. Cause time for them wasn't linear. It was in, it was like a, it went around in circles yeah. almost. So it's like things you had done before you were yet to do or, things you hadn't done you were going to do and when they, when they when they fully when she fully realized what the gift they were giving her it allowed her to then do something that will save uh, a future conflict yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah they gave her the time almost like she was uh, I, I can't even explain it it's almost like time travel without leaving your house yeah it's a weird <laughs> concept <laughs> but it was, mad, so, mad. it was so far beyond and i think it should be far beyond because as humans we're almost like ants to these people, you know, we're, we're not yeah. ready yet. So we shouldn't understand. You know, when I watch really. these types of movies, yeah. When I watch these movies, you know what? I kind of sit back and I think to myself, come on, man, why haven't they contacted us? Like, why haven't we seen aliens yet? Or, or why haven't like, well, the other argument is there. People will say, well, maybe we have, and we just don't know it, but why, why isn't it like, I don't know. Why haven't ready. we had this? How we're can we yet. be the only ones? If, if I saw us, yes. I wouldn't want to want to chat to us. <laughs> if I saw you, I wouldn't want to be chat to you. Seriously, we're not ready yet. Humans are ignorant. We're arrogant. We're selfish. We're we're destructive. I want. I will. I'll stay clear. Stay clear. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> it's it's no, but no, it's it's absolutely true. Exactly, like warring. We're like you know that's all yeah. war and like you know famine and whatnot, man. That's not what we're not doing. But it's always always makes me kind of wonder what the hell would you do, man? How mm. would you communicate with the aliens? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's a, a great movie, great choice for the for the movie of uh, one of the movies for the decade. All right, okay. Yeah. Now let's uh, skip forward uh, a year to 2017, and there mm. was huge. Yeah, I think there was huge hype around this movie, Devaldo. Um, get Out. I remember watching the trailer before the film's release. Yeah, Get Out. We're talking about Get Out. And, um, you know, I remember the, the trailer dropping and I was like, shit, man, this movie looks really interesting. You know, um, just obviously the trailer doesn't give away too much uh but when I went into the cinema and I watched it, I was just like, oh my God, this movie has got so many layers. It's talking about one, you know, there's so many things that you can take away from this movie. Like, you know, you're talking about race, talking about, you know, the, you know, the people, um, you, you, you know, you could, there's a whole thing about, mm. you know, yeah. there's a question about slavery as well in there yeah. and about, yeah. you know, modern slavery, you know, yeah. the way it was back, like say 200 years ago in America, maybe things haven't changed as much and, you know, things are still going on like that, but just in different ways, you know, it's a horror movie. It's a psychological kind of like movie as well. It's, um, you know, it's, it's got so many different levels. And what was interesting, it was directed by a guy called Jordan Peele, whose background devout I didn't know anything about, but he's like a comedy. His background is yeah. comedy, right? Yeah. There's a lot of comedy guys going so, into horror. Jordan Peele, so like, Chris what, Rock what is going mean? into horror. Well, horror's, horror is on the cusp. But like when, when, you're, when you're really laughing and when you're really scared, your heartbeat beats the same pace. Mm. It's, it's the same thing, but different outcomes. And Jordan Peele, great sketch comedy person, done a great horror film. Uh, look at John Krasinski. He was he was in the office yes. for ages. Comedy. He done uh, a Quiet Place. Look at uh, Chris yeah. Rock. He's now yeah. going to get involved point, in, yeah. in 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 Saw. Look at uh, what's the other what's the other guy's name? Shit, shit. His name escapes me now. But he was a uh, he produced uh, Halloween. Uh, what's his name? Oh. You know his name. He's got dark hair, quite curly hair, or something. Quite a big guy. Uh, it escapes me. It'll come to McBride. me. McBride. Danny McBride. That's the guy. Uh, but yeah, all these comedy yeah. guys—they're going into horror, into horror. You know, it's 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 yeah. it's transitional. But yeah, Get Out for me—I watched it. Luckily, I watched it before the hype, so I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Some people watched it after the hype and they didn't enjoy it that much. But for me, Get Out was a really, really good horror film in the sense that it was normal people doing abnormal things and basically uh, abnormal trying to shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's a metaphor for you know like some some I guess some sections of society having access to to uh, resources and using people that they see as below them as resources yeah. and getting the most out of them to further their own gain and this in this was a very very extreme extreme uh, example uh, but this shit you know it happens you know uh, it happens in you know yeah, mega man. corporations it happens in in people that you know they take on take on people to work for them that they know they don't really care for them but they're getting something out of them and then they'll just you know disregard them but yeah get out for me was a really really good film good twist at the end as well uh really well well acted daniel clear he's like he's a london lad and he's you know he's one of those guys that you wouldn't even know is from london but he is he's not american 
Uh, and yeah. he's a good, he's a good actor. And the, all of them, I think the whole cast was really good. Even the baddies, they were really good, really, really good actors. Uh, so for me, Get Out was one of the highlights, the highlights of the, of the decade. Came out of nowhere and just stormed the Came box office. Came out of nowhere, man. Yeah, the exactly. budget was less than it 20 million. It was made, <laughs> I was just about to say, it was made on a budget of four and a half million. Four and a half. Oh, come on, man. Shut up. Four bro, and a half bro. million. And, and, it, and it grossed to what, 200? Four and a half million. 255 million. Mm, mm, mm. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's got to be like top 10 uh, most uh, profitable films of all times. Got to be. I know, I know, uh, it is. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Blair Witch Project and uh, uh, what's the other one? Paranormal Activity. They're like, I think, one yeah, and two. They're up but there. This, this has got to be yeah. in the top 10 somewhere. It, de- it is in the top 10 and it yeah. won loads of awards uh, it so it was Oscar. nominated for Academy Awards yeah man oh well there you go well there you mm. go so it's like one BAFTAs and it's one loads of shit mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it I mean I'm not sure where you've been living like you know these last like few years but go check it in out in the sunken place out. obviously <laughs> exactly they've been in the sunken um, so place go, go, if you ain't seen it we've got to move on now we've got quite a lot to go through damn <laughs> We've got, let's move on uh which one should we oh. which one should we speak about next oh let's just go this let's just do the list but we can go a bit faster all right okay yeah. so next movie is her oh. and um man this movie again another great listen all these movies are great but check this out so this is a sci-fi again it's set in the kind of like the near future it stars joaquin phoenix and you you will know so folks you will know that joaquin phoenix he picks his movies uh i think he picks some like based on i don't know like kind of on on instinct on emotion and whether or not he's gonna actually like feel for the character and maybe anyone who works with particular directors but this one man how would you explain this movie then and he likes roles that show vulnerabilities in the actual person he likes he doesn't like to be a perfect yes or or even when he was in gladiator that that leader he was vulnerable he was he he was insecure he had he had vulnerabilities that he could then show that will show that he's, you know, he obviously he's acting, he loves to act, but yeah, uh, her shows a man who's quite lonely, uh, socially awkward, uh, wants to be in, in a relationship, but doesn't really connect well with like humans, <laughs> especially of the opposite sex. Yeah. And in this film, he actually manages to, it's, a, it's set in a not too distant future, but he manages to have a relationship with an operating system uh, played by Scarlett Johansson. Uh, and actually originally it was meant to be played by someone else but after the film was made they didn't like it and they changed it to Scarlett Johansson's voice that's right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true it, yeah. It, it's a full-blown relationship with his operating system on his computer she talks to him it's like it's like Alexa 3000 <laughs> literally it's some next level <laughs> yeah. Alexa it will literally understand you and be there for you and he falls in love with this operating system and he cannot deal he can't you know he just can't deal without her and it just it goes to show what I think is going to happen to a lot of people going forward uh, with AI. Yep. AI is becoming people's go-to uh, place for companionship. And it's very, very dangerous. Yeah. Very, very dangerous. But it's a great film. Great film. <laughs> yeah. Se- sex dolls as well, Devalf. Don't forget oh. that. People are buying them left, right and centre, mates. Yeah, Those got, sex dolls, man. They're flying off the already. shelves off the internet. I've got mine already. I've got mine already. <laughs> exactly. But go check it out. Again, um, it, and just on that, just finally, it won um, 
uh, best screenplay at the Oscars. So oh, wow. it won the director. Yeah, it won. And mm. it was voted. Spike, um, Jones, isn't it? Spike Jones. He's great. He makes some re- interesting movies. So um, mm. yeah, but critics love this movie. All right. Okay. Now next movie. Again, another A24 production. So this movie oh. came out last year. We oh, reviewed it on yeah. the show. We went out and watched it. It's called Hereditary. And oh my God, Devaldo, this movie, man. Ari Aster, kind of, the, you know, it's welcome Ari Aster to the whole world because basically this guy mm. now is making great movies. He's doing lots of good things. Started off with Hereditary. And it's just one of those movies, Deval, man. Oh, gosh, it's creepy as hell, man. Seriously, the shit in this movie, right, which are to do with the occult, which are to do with, like, kind of, like, ghosts and, like, it's psychological as well. Like, I don't know, there's, there's, there's bits in this movie which are, like, disturbing, like, death scenes in there which are, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just saw that. But, I mean, what, what do you, what, how would you sum it up? The whole film for me is just disturbing. The visuals, yeah. the sound, yeah? The sound. Oh. The sound. That's so creepy. Everything about it and the way the story doesn't go how you think it's going to go and things that you think you've seen that, that you're not sure. Because sometimes there's things that you see, but it's purposely not as clear because they don't want you to, to get the full picture straight away. So they sometimes show you just yeah. parts of something like, you know, like an uh, apparition or whatever it might be. But yeah, this film, it deals with uh, the occult. It deals with spirituality. Those sorts of films, a lot of people just don't want to watch. A lot of people can watch slasher yeah. films. They can watch murder films yeah. about people that kill each other and, you know, stuff like that. But when it comes to the occult and spiritual, you know, spirituality, people just like, nope, I ain't watching it. Nope, nope. And I get it because I I hate that shit too, but I love it. <laughs> but this film, yeah, for me, greatest horror films I've seen for me probably top five I think top five uh, and yep. uh, my brother loves this film as well when I showed him the, when I showed him this list he was going all the way say? down it and when he was hereditary he was like oh yep now you're talking <laughs> okay cool <laughs> nice this yeah he's in the cinema a couple of times as well and for me hereditary yeah, for, an, for a, a proper this was the director's I think first or second feature film that's crazy right I mean come on come on crazy this film is so disturbing even to this day the film still stays with me the, i know the 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 car scene man it's just like oh gosh oh, man seriously man. the mom scream when she realizes what's going on the the ending where uh, i don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it but like heads get cut cut off and things are just and you know the, the, the trauma you know the psychological trauma that, yeah. that's mad that that's just like the psychological trauma of like this is what's going on and you can't you know you can't do shit to stop it from happening it's just like exactly. oh man that's just nasty because it's hereditary right, okay. it's in your blood because oh. it's hereditary mm-hmm. and the signs are there if you watch the movie from the beginning yep. you'll see the signs right okay so uh so that was hereditary that was from 2018 go check that movie out okay so the next one is a documentary and a powerful documentary at that so this movie is out on netflix so you can go away after listening to this podcast you can just tap search on your netflix subscription and type this in this is called 13th and it's directed by ava duvernay and um ava duvernay is like she's she's becoming like a powerhouse in in filmmaking and kind of like the voice you know in hollywood because she's 
producing stories which maybe five, ten years ago people wouldn't want to touch, but now mm. these stories are coming out. And the thirteenth man is is powerful, powerful stuff. And it's it's about this idea that about kind of um you know, about racism, it's about kind of how yeah. since kind of like, you know, the end of the American Civil War, so this is like kind of like going back to like, you know, the eighteen hundreds mm. that they still cases of like you know black people african americans like still being treated in the worst inhumane like you know possible way in like in prisons and the way the system is set up mm -hmm. to to basically to fail people and it's it's you know what it's actually it's disgusting it's actually it's like when you watch this movie and then when you watch they will never oh shit what was the central park five the the, oh, um, the way they see us. Is that yeah. what it's called? So when you watch these when you watch these two together, you kind of just feel sick inside your stomach, man. It's yeah. like that's the reaction that I got. And I don't know if that's the reaction that she wanted from the audience, but from me, I felt sick inside us. because it's yeah. like this shit is still going on, man. I'm glad you me. have it on the list. Let's put, let's put it on a documentary. This is a really good documentary. When I first saw it, I was gripped. And it talks about the the American prison system and how uh, it's designed to keep uh, like black people of color, black people, Hispanics, and stuff like that uh, yeah. in in prison, and how it misrepresents the actual uh, sort of population. So the population of 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 people of I'll say for the purpose of this, people of color, uh, like blacks and yeah. Hispanics in America. Uh, they represent like a small percentage. I think it's like ten mm, percent of the population, but I think thirty-five or I think about thirty-five percent or forty percent of the prison population is represented by them. God. Along the along those lines, along those lines, and uh, it's just it just goes to show you that if you're if you're someone of color and you go to court, for example, there's a bigger chance. There's I think there's eight, eight eight times more chance that you're going to be sentenced. And sentenced to a longer uh, sentence to someone who's who's white. And yeah. do you know what? I have to I have to agree. I mean, I know people say racism is gone, but it hasn't gone. I mean, people in power no. have that mentality. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna you know be uh, portrayed in everything they do. And do you know what? A lot of it yeah. sometimes is even unconscious, unconscious bias. Some of it. So they don't even know they're doing it. But as soon as they see someone come up to the, the dock and, the, and, and they're of colour, automatically they're thinking this person's guilty before they've even opened their mouth. Whether they're guilty or not, yeah. I'm, not to, I'm not I'm not to judge, but this shit happens and it's a sad thing. But it's a good documentary. It's worth seeing. Uh, it's on Netflix, like you said. And yeah, give it a go. But afterwards, you might be a bit angry. So have some ice cream afterwards. See, this is it. <laughs> when you, this is the thing. When you watch stuff like this, right? Uh, yeah. But you know what? The, the, the flip side to that is, you, I say is, you should watch stuff like this because yes, then you get yes, informed. Yes. Yes, if you're exactly. not informed, then you won't have an opinion. Yes. So basically watch this shit, become educated, and then you can start basically telling people and talking about it at dinner parties and about stuff and saying look this is what's going on around the world and stuff all right okay so uh, again brilliant that, that's uh, i'm so glad that's on the list about her all right okay so this next movie is from 2018 and this has a wicked wicked vibe to the to, to it going so this is called sorry to bother you and oh. it's directed by a guy i always love this name devado boots 
Riley. Exactly, what a yeah. name. Boots Riley. Boots Riley. <laughs> so do you remember when we we spoke about this on the show? Uh, I can't remember what episode it was. And we said, oh man, check this trailer out. It's like, you know, it's, it's out there, man. It's like so weird. But it's about this guy, the salesman, right, Devaldo? And what is he? He's he. What I've forgotten. What do they sell? What are they trying to sell? Oh, I think it's. Oh, damn! Is it insurance? I think. I think it might be insurance. Just, but I think it's. Yeah. Not, it's not. I think the important thing isn't what they're selling. I think it's the. Uh, yeah, I think it's just the the way he has to sell it. <laughs> sell it. It's the way he's selling it. Yeah. His his white voice. Go on, Deval. Go on. Can you can can you do one? <laughs> How? <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> okay, so I, I do my I do I do my regular voice and I do the other voice. Yeah, so I yeah. say, okay, um, "Hello, sir. I've got some uh, insurance that I'd like to sell you. It's gonna be your life. Yeah, hello. I've got some life insurance I'd like to sell you at a really cheap rate, sir. Would you be interested? I can be. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. Okay, Sorry. I'm, I'm gonna go Definitely. quiet. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't even speak. Hello, hello, sir. I have some life insurance I want to sell you. <laughs> Would it be interested, sir? I can't even do it. It's gone. Sounds but like basically, a you know if I was actually at work, it would come out more naturally. But yeah, I, I do it at work. Yeah. And we, we call it, it our this voice. Or we call it our white voice. Like we, we joke around and say it's your white voice because, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's almost like to say your natural voice of colour isn't, uh, acceptable. So in this film, yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, he's, he's sort of down on his luck kind of guy. He lives in his uncle's garage. He's got no job. One day he lands a job. Uh, Donald Glover, no, Danny Glover. Sorry, Danny Glover works next to him in the call center selling insurance. Da- yeah, uh, and he and he, uh, Lakeith Stanfield tries to sell the insurance, not doing very well. Danny Glover says to him. Yo, man, what you doing? You're doing it wrong. You can't be talking in your voice. You got to use a white voice. And then he uses his white voice. He gives him, a, he gives him an example. And he's like, oh my God. Oh my God, that's great. I need to do that. And then he does a white voice and then he starts to sell like crazy. And for using his white voice, he... And you know that white to, voice? Is that his yeah. actual voice or did they dub that uh, in? You know what? No, it's dubbed. It's dubbed. It's dubbed. It's dubbed. It's dubbed. It's, it's got to be dubbed, right? Because it's he can't dubbed, come yeah. up with that voice. <laughs> it's dubbed, but it's good. It's a good... It's, it's, an, it's But it's an exaggerated white voice, I must say, because that's just over the top. But it's exaggerated just to, just to prove the point, you know? But it's, yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then it shows that, that once he starts to, like, make more sales, he gets more money, he gets promoted. And then he sorts, he starts to leave his group that he used to hang out with, like the lower leagues almost. And they were all people of color kind of thing, you know? And uh, the guy from like Glenn from Walking Dead's in it. Tessa Thompson is his girlfriend in it. She's a really good character, actually. She actually communicates a lot uh, about her experiences and her life, not just in her vocals, but in her clothing, a lot of messaging lot of positive messaging coming out in their mm. clothing but i really like this film this, this film is really quirky really good lots of messaging social messaging and class and stuff like that and i think you've got to see this film a couple of times to really absorb it but when it gets to the end without spoiling it it really gets crazy with the metaphors that they use and try and not try not to see the metaphors just for the just for what you're seeing on screen, but try and understand what the metaphors yeah. are trying to show you. That way, I think it will land yeah. a lot better because it does look a bit wacky, but just take out the wackiness, you know? But it's a really good film. I really recommend this film. Really, really recommend it. Yeah. 
the director, yeah. he said that um, he, he's gone on record to say that he wrote it based on his own experience of working, like trying to like get fundraising done and he had to put on a voice yeah. to find success. So imagine yeah, that. Imagine if you're it. like one day you're working in your sales job and you're like, shit, I can't crack these sales. And then all of a sudden you start, you come up with a different character. You, you make up, make up a character and who's got a different voice and like, and then you start making the sales. It's just like, yeah. it, but it, it, it sometimes, but it does feel like as if some people have to do that though, because otherwise yeah. you, you're not taken seriously. It's true. No, I get it. I get it. Hundred percent. I do it. Yeah, I get it. One hundred percent. No, no, I know. It's, it has to happen. You know. And then when yeah. they when they meet you, they're like, "Oh, <laughs> that that's you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. So that was from twenty eighteen, and that was sorry to bother you. So another movie from twenty eighteen is called. I love this title, by the way. Leave oh. no trace leave no trace and and this stars ben foster and he plays like an army has he just come back from the army or he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's come back from the army he's a veteran he he's been in the army all his life he, that's all he's known and then he comes back out of uh doing you know tours in afghanistan or wherever it might be and he's he's, he's got a daughter 13 years old the mother of his yeah. child has like just left them she's left she just you know, she just left and he has to deal with his daughter, but he also has PTSD from the, from the, from the military and he can't cope yeah. with life. He cannot cope with life, living in a house, doing all the normal things that you would have thought he would have been looking forward to. He can't cope with it. So him and his daughter go out in the woods and they live in the woods, in a tent. They live on, on the land, they hunt. Like he, you know, they live like they were still in the army, but just, you know, in some sort of yeah. camp and he cannot deal with regular life. Even when the a forest ranger comes and finds them in the forest and reports them to social services, uh, they have to go back to the house, obviously, because he's got a daughter and he runs away back to the forest and the daughter yeah. feels bad for her dad and she wants to help her dad and at the same time, she wants to be a regular teenager and, you know, go to school yeah. and cause she's missing out on all of that, you know? And it's such a sad, sad, sad story of someone who has PTSD, has other emotional and psychological issues and cannot cope with normal life. Even though he's got all the tools, he's got all the help. He cannot do it. And this film came out on, uh, I think it came out during, uh, armed Forces Week or some sort of memorial week right, to do okay. with military. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a sad, but really, really good film. Like, for me, it's a really good highlight for the decade because it's the sort of film I never would normally watch, to be honest, but something yeah. made me watch it and I really liked it. This is the sort of film you watch alone on a Sunday morning, no distractions, sure. and it's a really touching film, really good film, really well acted. Yeah, yeah. It's got, uh, and just reading up on this, it's got um, the second most reviewed film to hold an approval rating of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes if, wow. if that means anything to anyone wow. so basically wow. loads of, this this film has affected a lot a lot of people and the the themes in the in the movie man it's just like Ben Foster you know what right he's quietly he's he's he, he's a really good actor I remember watching like he's Archangel he played the original Archangel from um from X-Men X2 was it was it X2 that's right yeah that's right uh no part yeah. three and Part three, I think oh, was it, it was. part three? Yeah. 
Yeah, part three. And he's he's kind of, and he's done some other stuff. Like I remember seeing him other stuff like here and there. And he makes some really interesting moves. He's he's almost like a, a Joaquin Phoenix type of a, a, of an actor. He plays these kind of like dark, moody type characters. He, he turned up in... Um, Ah, uh, this Christian Bale movie uh, set. It was a Western movie. Do you remember that one? You saw it as well, Deval. Oh, uh, Hostiles. Hostiles. He Ooh, turned up film. in that one as well, and he was great Ooh. in that. He's in. He's in another movie, like another. Yeah, three ten to humor. He's he's a good actor. So definitely go out and watch his movie. Yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah. That like scary stuff, man. What war does to you, and you yeah. know. <sighs> You know, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. All right, okay. So, um, a movie from this year is uh, actually this is the one movie that I haven't actually seen. So, Deval, you can um, explain this to people. But this is if Beale Street could talk. So, um, why is this on your list? Yeah, this is this is actually a beautiful film. Uh, this film uh, is almost told like a story. Uh, so it's, it's based on a novel, but it's almost told like a story with a bit of a sort of. Uh, narration kind of vibe you kind of feel like someone's reading you a story and then you're also right. seeing the visuals on screen uh so it's really really well shot nice soft uh focus imagery really good music or old school kind of music is set back in the i want to say 60s i want to say okay. no, 70s so it's based in, in, in 70s in harlem new york uh and it's a story about a uh, a young woman who uh, she meets a man as you do, young teenagers, and they fall in love. Uh, they they want to you know be together and all that kind of stuff. And he seems like a good man, uh, but he's arrested for a crime that he didn't commit. Uh, and again, it comes into race relations in America, and uh, right. he's obviously you know sent to prison and all that kind of stuff. And she has to sort of you know deal with it. Families and stuff have to deal with it. Try and get him out. Try and be positive. And it's really hard for her. She's also pregnant as well. So it sort of yeah. talks about and sort of deals with the fact that someone can be put behind prison for something they haven't done, while a love story is also trying to happen on the outside. And uh, right. all, the, all the sort of, uh, uh, I guess, barriers that are put up in front of people from certain social classes. And it's just really, really difficult. But it's a really, when I say it's really beautiful, this film, if you see the imagery on this film, Really, really well done. Really well done. It stars yeah. Kiki Lane, uh, Stephen James, who I saw in 21 Bridges. It's got Regina King. It's got Tayona Paris, who's soon to be Monica Rambeau in in uh, 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 Division. Um Yeah. Yeah. So got some really good actors in this. Uh, Diego Luna is in the film as well. Uh, wow. So, yeah, a really, really good film. I, I really recommend watching this film. It's quite a long film. And uh, sort of thing you've got to concentrate on. It's a good date film, actually. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was Oscar nominated. It's won awards. So this film, yeah, it's it's a it's a decent film. It's, it's directed by uh, Barry Barry Jenkins as well. Barry Jenkins, yeah, and he he won the Oscar for Moonlight uh, in twenty sixteen. Yeah, Barry, Barry Jenkins won the Oscar for Moonlight. So yeah. Uh, 1979 he's a young guy yeah man he is flipping hell man and when I look at think about it Oscar nominated 1979 yeah. he's flipping younger than me it's like geez man this guy's got it all seriously um, alright okay so that's If Bill Street Could Talk so folks mm -hmm. go check that out now this next movie now this next movie is, is it I always got confused is this based on a true story or it's you know, did, this, did this stuff actually happen what, what people see in this movie 
Does that does, does actually happen? It's real. Hidden figures. Yeah, hidden figures uh, based on a true story. True, well, the, the events obviously are dramatised, but true story of uh, three African-American uh, women who uh, worked for NASA uh, back in the day, uh, before the sort of moon, sort of, you know, way before the moon programme. Uh, and they were, like, they were instrumental in helping the NASA team uh you know get man to get man to the moon and get satellites in space and stuff like that they're really good at maths and other bits and bobs but yeah they were basically just not seen they were invisible because of the color of their skin they didn't get the uh the recognition that the next person did and these three women yeah. had to you know fight stereotypes fight uh, racism they couldn't go to certain toilets because they were black they had to they, like even when they were working in the office they had to walk I can't remember how long it was, but it was like 10 minutes to go to a toilet when there was one just outside the door, you know, and wow. they were there as part of the team. So there were so many things that they had to overcome just to do their job. Uh, and in some cases doing their job better than the next person because of the color of their yeah. skin, they were never going to get as far as anyone else. Uh, so this, this was in 1960, 1961. So the day man first got onto the moon in 1969. So they were there a few years before. So, it stars Octavia Spencer. It stars, uh, uh, it actually stars uh, Taraji P. Henson. I always forget to say name. Yeah, Taraji P. Henson. Yeah, Taraji P. Janelle, Henson, yeah. Janelle, yeah. Janelle Monet, Kevin Costner's in the film. Kirsten Dunst is in the film okay. as well. And we've got the guy from the Big Bang Theory, Jim Parsons, Mahershala Ali's oh, in the okay. film. So you've got a good, 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 good starring lineup there. So a, a, a film really, really worth seeing. Uh, forget obviously it's female empowerment as well but I mean for me it just shows the story of back in the day the, the struggles people used to go through and I'm sure our parents will understand this film a lot more than we do defo yeah man seriously and, and it's it's really interesting I love I love the type hidden figures because obviously you can yeah. look at it in so many different ways they were hidden mm-hmm. and they were figures in society but also they're talking about mathematics right because they were they were they were genius they were math yes. geniuses oh and gosh, like, they you know were working at NASA I, did, I didn't get that oh my gosh that's so, that's so clever <laughs> that is so clever oh my I gosh love that. Oh, I love that that's wicked so it's just like, yeah, oh, man, like figures. they were there, but they were unseen. <laughs> yeah. Figures. Mm, All right. So, Deval, I mean, I've got to say, man, brilliant, brilliant list. And um, but, folks, go, go like, you know, pick any one of those movies and start, you know, take your time, watch them, you know, go out mm-hmm. there and kind of expand your, your film knowledge. And, you yes. know, once you've seen the movies you know what, share it back with us. Let us know, yes. let yes. us know which of these movies that you've seen that you liked. And, you know, if you didn't like them again, let us know. So, you know, um, like I said before, we couldn't include every single movie, but here's a you know, small selection of movies from, from the last decade. So now what we're going to do is we're going to look to the future now and we are going to start speaking about movies, which you can look forward to as well. Movies, which are going to be coming up. Uh, we've probably spoken about them on the show as well, but I think now is a good time just to kind of quickly mention them again uh, so that you can kind of look out for them when they when they hit the screen. So the first movie is something which is coming out in July next year. So we've still got a good like kind of seven months to go. And we spoke about it on the last show. The trailer's already out. It's It's got time travel. It's got science fiction. It's got 
mind bending like concepts and themes and about what it means to be able to control time. And it's called Tenet, which what the hell does Tenet mean, Devaldo? Um, oh, I don't know, but gosh. why is it on our list? Why is it on our list? Tenet, I reckon is going to be one of the highlights. And also just, just so you guys know on the, the, the highlights of the decade, like, like Amar said, that's just some films that we've put out there and I'm sure there's others. Do let us know what your others will be. But we, obviously there's so many more, but we can't be here all day. Also, you'll notice yeah. there's not a single superhero movie on that list because that is a list for another day. I mean, Wicked, there's, yeah. there's too many superhero movies. Infinity War can be there, but I think superhero movies deserve their own list. One day we'll cover that. But sure. yeah, Tenet for me, Tenet is going to be, for me, before 2020 has even started, I reckon Tenet is going to be one of the highlights of the year. Christopher Nolan, yeah? He doesn't do shit films. Say Name no me one shit film he's done. Okay, I'll, I'll wait exactly. for that. I'm still, I'm, I'll wait for you, yeah? <laughs> and this film... So, so, so true. The trailer looks gangster. And for those of you that were lucky enough to see the extended clip before Star Wars... Oh, Which you were. Oh my gosh. For me... Like that, that extended clip was probably better than the whole of Star Wars. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> the little seven minute clip they showed you. Up was you. better than the whole, <laughs> the oh, whole man. of Star Wars. It reminded me of the, the the scene when in Dark Knight when the Joker was going around like before he, you know, you know when they went around like robbing banks or something. Yeah. And then in that, yeah. in, 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 within their group, like one person would die or or something mad would happen. Yeah, yeah. It was that, but it was 10 times better. It was mad. Oh. Like the David Washington, he was he was there. Like he, there's a, there's a scene where, there's a bit where in the scene, they're in the truck, like like looking like a SWAT team. And someone opens a case on in the, in the case, you know, like on a SWAT team, they have on their shoulder, they'll have like whatever country they belong to or whatever team they belong to. Yeah. They had yeah. like like shoulder tags or uh, I don't know to call it like labels for different countries. Yeah, they had like yeah. Russian versions, American versions, French versions. So this team basically go anywhere in the world whenever they need to and pretend to be a SWAT team. Mad. That's mad. And then mad. He, he, David Washington will go up to someone like a proper high, you know, like a like a diplomat or something, and he'll say where something like. The man goes down a hill and he opens his suitcase. What does he find? And the man has to say something back to him that finishes the riddle. <laughs> if he says the wrong thing, he gets shot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my That's gosh. Mad. It's crazy. And the intensity it's of the scene, the music, shit. it's like, it's cr- you, you don't know what's going on. We, we, we had no idea what was going on, but it was wicked. Yeah. Tenet for me, it's going to be... I know. F- Oh, time space space time continuum tenet is the same thing backwards i think that means something because in this film oh, it seems like yes. time doesn't go forward or backwards there's elements of time where it's just looped i don't know what's going on but you don't know what's going on. and interestingly so this isn't robert pattinson he's not the star of this is it it's it's, it's washington who's the star washington's a star but then again you just don't know in it with, with these films i mean who knows who knows? Well, we've also got the lady from Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the one that was the princess, the gold princess. Yes, yeah. With, with the bikini, she's in it. She was also in uh, Widows as well. Yeah, no, so, Widows. Yeah, she's in it. She's exactly. Polish Australian. She's like six foot two. She's really, she's really Massive. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll call him Adam. 
Yes, that's the one. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, she's in this. Yeah. So this is going to be gangster. Okay, so so that's Tenet. So that's coming out in July. So again, like, listen, just watch the trailer and see if you can decipher it and then let us know. Get in touch with us and let us know. All right, okay, next movie, which is going to be coming out in January. So actually, I think this is coming out on... um, the this first is coming out New Year's Day. New Year's Day, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, coming yeah. New Year's Day. I've seen the trailer and it just looks bonkers. It looks madness. Oh. And this is Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's return to the Cockney gangster type kind of a thing. And it's got Matthew McConaughey. It's got Charlie Hunnam. It's got Hugh Grant. It's got uh, Colin Farrell. Like, you name it. Who's who of filmmaking is in this movie. And um, yeah, man, it looks absolutely crazy about a... So uh, Matthew McConaughey, he's got a, he's a drug dealer and does he need to get rid of some stash or something? You know I, I can't, I, I, actually I, don't, know I don't know what is going on in this film. All I know is it just looks like <laughs> Snatch, Lockstock, rolled into one with a new one. cast and it looks wicked. That's all I need to know. Yeah. That's all I need to know. I'm yeah. there. As soon as, I get, as soon as this I'm comes out, it. I'm there. I want to see I'm this. It just looks good. It just looks like fun. It looks like gangster, like British old school gangster shit. I don't know what's going on, but I know I know I'm going to enjoy it already. I know already I'm going to enjoy it. That's it. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. Next. And just seeing, <laughs> just just see, yeah, just seeing like Hugh Grant do like a Cockney accent is just going to yeah. be so funny. I just want to see what that looks like, man. It's just so funny. All right, okay. So go check that one out, folks. That's coming out on the first of uh, 2020. The first, yep. yeah, the first of January. Now this next movie, Devout. Oh my gosh! I've seen. Listen, I saw this trailer, and I remember. I can't remember if it was episode seventy-one or seventy-two or whatever. We put it up on there, and this movie looks wicked. We've already mentioned Daniel Kaluuya. He was in. He was in a movie of the decade, uh, Get Out. But this guy, man, he's just he's just making some really interesting movies. He does some really interesting roles. Like he was in Widows as well. He's in this movie called Queen and Slim, and it's kind of like a modern day version of Bonnie and Clyde. But it's got yeah, so many. Yeah. From, uh, what I gather, what I gather from the from the um, from the trailer is that it's just got so many other, you know, under you know tones that are going through the movie about race and about you know about you know people's places in society and about kind of you know, making the wrong choices, making the right choices and becoming like celebrities at the same time. It's just like, it's, it's just wicked. It looks really good, really interesting. And I just want to see this. So when th- when is this one out? This is out at the end of January. Uh, so it's okay. uh, it's out soon, relatively soon. But yeah, do you know what? I've seen the trailer, I think once, and I'm not going to see it again. I just know that this film is going to be something yeah. special as well. It's going to be something different. And I don't know much about it. And I'm happy with that. <laughs> I don't know. There's certain films yeah. I'm happy not to know. And I think that probably is going to make it even better for me. But yeah, you're right. It's some sort of Bonnie and Clyde situation. And it just looks like two great actors that, well, Daniel Kalia is obviously well well known. The other, the other actress is not so well known, but you, you get a feeling she's going to be one of those up and coming ones. She just seems like she knows yeah, what she's doing. Yeah. I got confidence in her. <laughs> I don't know why, but I have. Exactly. But yeah, I can't. No, exactly. This film's going to be good. January for me, and this is one of those films that I think are going to be up for like the Oscar and you know the sort of award kind of nods. That's why it's coming out in January. The timing sure. isn't isn't by accident with this one. So this would this could be one that we could be talking about talking about again when it comes to Oscar season. When it comes to Oscar time, okay, all mm. right. Now, listen. A list. We have to include one Marvel film at least. So this next one is a movie that we've been speaking about for a really long time and news has been trickling out of, you know, Hollywood and about kind of what this is looking and what this is shaking out, shaping up to be. 
huge cast like you know what it's, it's just too many kind of like to mention but this is Eternals this is the uh, you know Marvel's next phase one of the biggest movies that are going to be coming out next year and it's coming out in November so it's going to be towards the end of next year and uh, I mean Deval what do we know so far about Eternals We've spoken about Eternals for a while now, and I think the Flicksters, I think they're, they're quite uh, clued up now, thanks to listening to the show. But we know that the Eternals are an offshoot of the celestial experimentation with, with I guess, humanoids, and they are very powerful, uh, and they are going to be they're, they're, they're a big race uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're sort of deviants, are the sort of, I don't know, the bad versions of the Eternals, uh, or maybe not, maybe they're not all bad, who knows? Ta- uh, Thanos was a Titan. Uh, but yeah, this is going to show uh, the history of the Eternals. So this is going to be a few thousand years in the past from what I understand. And this also might be the film that ushers in the mutant generation mm. or the mutant species into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this film could be a good conduit to open up more stories in the MCU. Oh God, so like conjuring. it's decent. Yeah. And Angelina Jolie's on board. Uh, we've got, who else we've got? We've got quite a few other actors on, on board as well. Salma uh, Hayek. T- sorry? Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. The uh, Ranganen Jenanelfi, Gen- I can't say his name. Nan- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's actually really good. I, just, I, I think just that's his brother, but I mean, I just opened my mouth and I hope it will come out right. Nanjin Jenanelfi. It's so funny, right? It's so funny because he was a, he came he popped up in on Instagram on the news because he's been pumping. Yeah, I'm not sure if you saw yes. this, but yeah, he, yeah, he's beefy he now. Flipping me. hell, man! Well, Nanjin is but very see, healthy now. That's his new name. Nanjin exactly. very healthy. I know, right? I know. And then when you see like him pumping out, but listen, he came on board, right? He, he he came on like on Instagram and he was like, "Listen, hey, this wouldn't have been possible without one of the biggest studios in the world paying for the best trainers, for the best nutritionists, for the best like yeah. you name it, man. Obviously, you're gonna look like that when you got bloody Disney paying for it. Trust me. Oh man, seriously. So yeah, yeah. Eternals is gonna be good, gonna and be good. yeah, yeah like I said before, we, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get, get we, and crucially, folks, we're gonna actually get to probably we might get to hear the word mutant because up until this point, mm. Marvel MCU have not said the word mutant. Believe it or Le- not, legally they can't. Yeah, they could. They couldn't legally. They now. cannot. Yeah. But now they will be. All right. Okay. So that's Eternals. Okay. So the next one. Okay. A sci-fi blockbuster, which is going to be coming next year, possibly towards the end of next year. But the hype surrounding this movie is huge. And just mm-hmm. check this out. All I'm just going to say is this: Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, what? David Dust. David Dastmalkian, Javier Bardem, Jason Mamoa. Oh my God, this list just goes on. That's the cast for Denis Villeneuve's Dune. So this is going to be a sci-fi masterpiece, mate. So this is happening. Deval, what can you tell us? This shit's going to be good. (laughs) That's one thing for sure. This is is a remake of a 1980s film, I believe. Uh, Also uh, novels and stuff like that. And it's about uh, spice, a commodity in the future that is of a very, very high value and is wanted by a lot of people. And this uh, causes uh, wars and 
you know, <laughs> and disagreements to happen, just like in the modern and modern yeah. world. So this is going to be yeah. a great sci-fi film. You know already that the the visuals. I mean, think of you know Blade Runner twenty forty nine or twenty forty six, whatever it oh, is. Man. Think Arrival of the visuals of that. Well. Think of the visuals of Arrival. Think of the visuals of Sicario. Think of think of the music, the sounds. All that's going to be recreated with this. So this Dune is going to be gangster for sure. This is out in December twenty twenty. Still a while left away left yet, but I mean, it's going to be good. It's going to be worth the wait. All right. Okay. Now this next movie, really, really interesting. And the buzz that I've heard around this movie is just kind of being phenomenal. And it's won awards. It's been kind of like being at the Cannes Film Festival and people are singing its praise. And it's directed by someone that we've already spoken about. So it's directed by uh, a film director, a Korean film director called Bong Joon-ho. And if you remember, folks, if you can rewind a bit and go back to our movies of the decade, He's the one who directed Snowpiercer. So this is a Korean language movie. And you know what? It's great that we we bring in movies which aren't in the English language. And yeah, we should be kind yep. of expanding our our film yep. knowledge. And this is so, yeah, this film is gonna you know, this film, Parasite, and it's funny you said that there's been a lot of buzz, because being a parasite, there's probably gonna be a lot of buzz on this yeah. one. But uh <laughs> this director has also directed uh uh, what's the film called again? I'll come to me in a second, but they directed uh, Okja, which is uh, yes. another great film as well. And uh, The Host, which in 2006 was a great creature feature yeah. film uh, in Korea. But this film here, Parasite, again, this film talks about class as well. Yeah, different class in mm. Korea, people that have to take extra jobs uh, as teachers or, or tutors for the rich people. And it just talks about the sort of disparity between them and also goes a bit more deep and weird because of the, because of the director we're dealing with. This is not going to be just a straightforward social, uh, you know, sort of social experiment or social depiction on society. There's going to be something weird going on here. And from what I hear, parasite is the right word to call this film. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So this one. That's that in February, February 2020. And February another 20, film. All right. Okay. So next one. Yeah, next on. one, uh, January, just a quick one. Uh, January uh, directed by uh, the same director who directed The Witch that we spoke about earlier as well, Robert Eggers. And this is The Lighthouse. Oh, yes. The Lighthouse. It stars oh, Robert yes. Pattinson and uh, Hobgoblin. What's his name again? <laughs> oh, uh, Willem, Willem Defoe. Willem, Willem Defoe, not William, Willem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this Willem. film, this film is meant to be really. This is a horror film. I don't know what it's about. All I know is there's two guys and a lighthouse. <laughs> I know nothing else. And from that, I'm happy. But I heard this is going to be deep. It, it's black and white. It looks like there's yeah. a madness going and- on. Ah. Crazy madness, right? And apparently, apparently, I mean, this is crazy. Everyone keeps talking about this one scene, and it's just mad. mad. Apparently, there's a there's a masturbation scene in this in this what? movie, which is supposed to be like unreal. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> why do I want to? Why do I want to see it? Seriously, man, just please like, tell me why I want to see it more often. Um, well, well, ex- exactly. I'm sick. And like, seriously, sick. and why is it that when you when you see the reviews, when you read the reviews, everyone <laughs> keeps talking about this scene, and it's just like why, like. Oh, okay, Okay, fine. Like, you know, so apparently I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. And everyone keeps talking about this one scene in there. So now I'm like, shit, okay. Have you seen the cast list? 
We've got to watch it. Oh no. Have you seen the cast no. list in this film? <laughs> there's only no. two people in it. <laughs> there's oh, <laughs> there's Will <laughs> There's Willem Dafoe, there's Robert Pattinson, and then there's an unpictured mermaid. That's it. What? There's only two That's people in this really film, well. pretty much. What the heck? No, this is deep. Exactly. And again, this, it's this based in deep. New England. And you know what? 1890s. New Robert, this this, something uh, this Robert about Edwards. New England, huh? He likes New England, man. It's, it's, it's cultish. It's, oh no, this is going to be deep. No, this is going to be deep. something creepy about lighthouses. Yeah, anyway. this is going to be deep. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's going to be deep. Oh, Okay. okay. So again, um, yeah. So yeah. Don't, uh, what I think with this movie is that the less you know about it, probably yeah. the better. Yeah. And um, yeah. 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 we're yeah. just going to be shocked and we're going to be surprised. And you know what? It's going to be great. All right. Okay. So fine. So that's the lighthouse. And so a movie, a monster movie, which is going to be coming out towards mm -hmm. the end of the year. So this is around about November time. And this is Godzilla versus King Kong, Godzilla versus Kong. So Devaldo, I mean, you had your reservations about Godzilla King yeah. of the Monsters. And you know what? There's a funny, there's a funny, little thing that you say and you know you mentioned the movie back in I, I can't remember what episode it was but I mean this is the first time that we no actually I, I don't know if this is the first time maybe it's been done before and in, in like in a Japanese version but or like somewhere some other time but um this is going to be pretty big though Godzilla versus King Kong yeah it's the first time the West have seen this this uh, right, sort okay. of you know, immovable object is uh, coming up against an unstoppable force uh, yeah, you're right. In Japanese uh, movies that, and stuff, this has been seen before, but this is next level uh, budget, next level special effects, and it's going to be crazy. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know. They, they, you know, I don't know who's going to win. If there's going to be a winner, they probably might gang up and fight another bigger threat. But this is <laughs> yeah. something that I put on here as a highlight because it's something that we've never seen, and it's going to be massive. I mean, when the trailers start coming out, I can imagine people are going to be thinking, shit, Godzilla, King Kong in the same screen at the same time. It's like, with a, it's like when The Rock fights uh, Stone Cold. It's, it's crazy, you know? Yeah, it's mad. Yeah. Oh so gosh. yeah, I'm looking forward to this um, one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to this, but I mean, this next movie, and I, but I haven't seen the trailer because I'm like, oh, I, I want to kind of like wait up a bit more. But the, the title alone is like pretty interesting. So this is called Last Night in Soho. And... Um, this is directed by Edgar Wright, so people may know Edgar Wright from Baby Driver, from from uh, Hot Fuzz, from Shaun of the Dead, and he did what else has he done? I'm sure he's, he's done more. I'm sure he's done more. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, yes, which is a great yes, movie. Yes, yes, yes. You nearly, nearly directed Ant Man. Um, Almost, yeah. Yeah, nearly directed, uh, nearly directed that. But again, Devado, Last Night in Soho. Is this going to be similar to what we've seen from Edgar Wright or is this going to be a departure? I think it's going to be a bit of both. It's going to be, I mean, the actual story uh, from, what we, from what we understand so far, a young girl who's passionate in fashion uh, is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol. <laughs> she encounters her idol uh, and sort of, you know, yeah, and gets to interact with that person. But there's some shady consequences. And from what I understand, this is yeah. a bit of a zombie film. So I'm not sure how that's going to sort of pan out, but it's going to be something weird and wacky. Uh, Edgar Wright is not your average director, doesn't do a film sure. every year. So you understand that this is going to be something a bit different. And uh, when it comes out, 
we're we're gonna we're gonna be you know entertained by this for sure. Uh, yeah, Anya, Anya Taylor Joy is going to be oh, in the yeah. film. We've yeah. mentioned her a few times already. She's really good. Matt Smith, uh, Matt Smith, Doctor Who. Yep. So this should be decent. Yep. This should be decent. It yeah. should be decent. And another reason why I think it should be decent is because I want to mention this. The cinematography is by a guy called. Check this out. I love this. His guy. This guy's name is Chung Chung Hoon. Chung Chung Hoon, oh. and he's South Korean. But check this out. This guy has he's filmed. He's photographed. A lot of um, of uh, film director that I love is called Park Chan Wook, and he directed Old Boy. So oh this guy who's gosh. doing the cinematography for this movie did the cinematography for Old Boy, and if that's any indication, it's gonna look amazing. So oh. yeah, man, looking forward to this one. All right, okay. Um, now we've mentioned this. I think we mentioned this last week or a couple of weeks ago, but there's going to be another Conjuring movie. The Conjuring. Semicolon, oh. the devil made me do it. What a friggin' title, Deval. The devil made me do it. So that means that flipping the devil could make you do bloody anything because he's that powerful. This film, I cannot wait for this film. This is such, this is going to be a ugh, disturbing. The devil made me do it. This is about a story, true life story, might I add. Yeah, true life story. In the, I think it was the 80s. I want to say 80s, might have been 70s. But this is a story of a man that committed a murder. Uh, and in court, in court, he said the devil made him do it. And oh he gosh. stuck. Yeah, he stuck by that. And yeah, I mean, it's... You, you just know with a conjuring, you're going to get something creepy. You're going to get something really insidious. And it's just, it's just going to, I don't know. It's just... I'm going to be scared. <laughs> I'm going to be man. Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to be scared. Absolutely. Absolutely. It says, but listen, it's, it's like a sequel to the 2013, the conjuring and 2016, the conjuring. Yeah, too. And yeah, check yeah. this out, folks. It's the eighth installment in the conjuring universe. Eight movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the curse of like, you've got the nun, you've got all those films. Yeah, so. man. Annabelle and all that, I think, I think are involved as well. So yeah, it's, it's deep, this film and based on true events. So you can, after this film comes out or when it gets close to, close to the film, I'm sure more details will come out and you can actually do your research and find out what case this was and see okay. probably, you know, YouTube footage of the person saying the devil made them do it. But Gosh. I'm going to, I think we should move along because I'm getting creepy vibes right now. I, I need to lighten exactly. shit up. This is really no time to die right now. You know, oh, oh hold on a second. Yeah. That is the next film we're talking about. No time to die. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this is the the last Bond movie that Daniel yes. Craig is going to be in. And this is coming out. Uh, when is this coming out, Deval? I think it's April, isn't it? April to 2020. Yeah, April. April, April 2020. So not too long away. But yeah, so I saw the trailer and uh, yeah, it's Bond. He's back. He's he come out of retirement for one last job and he's going to be kicking ass and it's going to be locations around the world. There's going to be an interesting mix where I think there's, there is another 007 out there and mm, yeah. um, who's taken over the mantle and he's got to come back and he, you know, how, how does this all fit in? How does this all, how does he fit into the whole MI, MI5? Is it MI5 or MI6? I always forget whichever the one it is. Oh, MI6, um, MI6 and um, yeah man it looks interesting and it's like got explosions it's got gunfights it's got Daniel Craig looking cold as ever it's got a return of um, the French actress from 
the previous one. Yes, yes, yes. She's and back. And whose name I forget. Oh, her real name. Uh, well, it's well, her, uh, Madeline Swan was her name in in Bond. Right. Uh, okay. Le- Leah Sedoh, and you got Rami Malek. That's you got uh, Christoph Waltz is coming back as well. Blofeld. Christoph Blofeld's going to be back. Okay, so you know there's going to be him pulling the strings or someone is pulling the strings there. So yeah, what else can we say about this? Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're right in saying that there could be a handover or semi handover between Bonds. There is some talk about there being a female blonde. Blonde, <laughs> a female bond, <laughs> uh, and also a black female bond, but that could, that could be too much for some people to handle. <laughs> yeah, we don't might know. start losing this shit. <laughs> exactly, is what we don't know. But either way, Daniel Craig is done. He's done. He's, he's done his time. He's done. He done well. I actually think the best one was the first one, Casino Royale. But yeah, that's just me. Casino Royale but, was good. Uh, but yeah, this should be this should be a decent uh, ending to the Bond, uh, sort of uh, to his Bond uh, franchise. So pass the baton. On to someone else. But yeah, should be good. Should be good. Exactly. Should be good, that one. I can't wait to see it. Right, okay. And finally, all right, so finally we've... um yeah, I mean, this is really interesting. Uh, it's almost like uh, the resurgence of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like, you know, we've we've seen him in kind of like Doma is my name. He's done, um, he re- recently just returned to Saturday Night Live after say 35 years. He just kind of, wow. this was in the news just recently. He's just kind of like, you know, it's been such a long time since he's hosted Saturday Night Live, but he's been back. He's get, been getting a lot, a lot of kind of attention recently. But this is coming to America too. And um, what, Deval, when can we expect this? This is coming out towards the end of the year, so December uh, twenty twenty. Right. Okay, and it's going to have all all our favourites are going to return: Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, uh, James mm. Earl Jones. I mean, oh my gosh! Even the one that goes oh 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 oh, bark like a dog. <laughs> I think she's back as well. Oh my god! So glow. Do you remember? Yeah, the guy, yeah, the actor? yeah, exactly. Eric, Eric, Eric LaSalle. LaSalle, I think He was an yeah. ER, isn't it? ER. He was a doctor of ER. Yeah. John Amos, the one that owns so McDougal's, is, is back. Uh, they're all back. They're all back. But it's going to have a uh, Tracy Morgan's going to be involved as well. And I think this uh, this uh, part two is going to be about him trying to find, I think, a long-lost son or long-lost child anyway. Oh, uh, right. So, okay. obviously, I think before when he was here, I'm not sure what happened, but he must have obviously, you know, came in America because he did come to America, didn't he? <laughs> like, like I said, <laughs> he came in America. <laughs> and, and we know that Eddie Murphy has come a lot of times. Exactly. So, he's uh, some sort of long-lost child or something like that. So, yeah. So, it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Since 1988, that'll be... Uh, 32 wow. is it 32 years or something like that yeah 32, 32 years, years. Yeah. yeah so interesting interesting hmm. interesting times right yep. okay folks listen we've bought you a whole load of movies so go out and check them out watch the trailers watch the films and let us know what you think we really really hope you enjoyed the show mm. and once again all we you know all i want to say is look, thanks for supporting us thanks for downloading the show and thank you for listening wherever you are in the world and we've got listeners out in america we've got listeners obviously in the uk <laughs> listeners out in australia listeners out in japan mm. listeners out in thailand we've got in all different these different types of listeners <laughs> exactly but just keep listening keep supporting us and um yeah keep messaging us and uh, we really hope you have an amazing new year and we look forward to bringing you more flicksters so from me it's uh, a goodbye and from deval peace out guys happy new year and don't forget to follow us on 
Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just pop in the Flicksters podcast.